Welcome back, everybody, to the brink as we come to you once again for another brand spanking new Brinkalicious episode. We're into episode 56, December 18th, 2017, and it's our last proper new show for 2017 as uh, we bring you some new stuff for the last time. That's kind of generally what I mean in terms of uh, new stuff. It's going to be a longish episode today. We've got some uh, interesting segments with some returning people, and uh, I'll just take this opportunity to say right now, though, for those of you who haven't seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, do not listen to this episode because we're going to be spoiling the crap out of it for you. Uh, Josh and I will be talking a little bit about it during this episode, but I just thought I would warn some people perhaps who just uh, want to be unspoiled, you're avoiding things before you go out and see it, so um, just be prepared for some interesting debate on that one. But uh, interesting stuff happening during the week in terms of uh, listeners to our show. This is the first time in a long time that I can say that we had no overseas listeners. We're only uh, based purely 100% on our Australian listeners this week. Um, so for whatever reason, our uh, Austrian and our Cook Island listeners, they just said, nah, don't want to listen this week. We're done. Uh, so, okay, fair enough. Uh, but I can tell you people from Melbourne listen, Sandy Bay, Hobart, uh, Cessnock, I don't actually know what that is, Salisbury, Penguin, and Launceston. Um, and always, uh, for those listening out of areas where maybe we don't expect you to listen to, uh, send us a message. Maybe that's what people in sort of Austria and Cook Island got sick of me saying, oh, send us a message, send us a message. And then they're just like, you're pressuring us. So they never ended up, uh, contacting us. So, uh, there you go. Cessnock is in New South Wales. I've just discovered that in the Hunter region. So there you go. I've, uh, I've learned a lot today on this show and hopefully we can, uh, get some, get some more diverse listeners as we bring you our final, uh, new show of the year. We haven't had him on in a few weeks, I think. Um, it's Noah Gross. Hello, Noah. You might want to pick the microphone up and say hello. hello. How are you, Noah? Uh, I'm good. That's good. I'm hungry. Yes. Well, uh, we'll date a few things in this episode because we are... Uh, currently, it's a Wednesday night. This is the last new episode, I will say, of course, for 2017 of The Brink. But we are, Wednesday evening, we are only seven hours away from going to see Star Wars The Last Jedi. We're in a pre- pre-pork world right now. Yeah, and you think that would be the thing we're anticipating most tonight, but it's no, really not. We are we are looking forward to Palmies, oh, which yes. we're not, unfortunately, able to eat until 7.30pm, no. um, which is kind of a bit of a shame. Everyone wants Palmies tonight. But uh, anyway, but uh, how are you feeling today, Noah? Yeah, not bad. Uh, Star Wars fever is sweeping the nation. Been um, reading about porgs? Porgs, yeah. Yeah? Uh, I mean, are you? what are you anticipating um, for porgs? Do you think it's going to be... Are they the Jar Jar, the Ewoks? I mean, what what are you feeling? They're the Ewoks. They're not Jar Jar level, but they're purely going to be a cash grab. But, you know, I'm open-minded about porks. Like most things, I'm open-minded. I could come out saying, oh, my God, let's go straight to the 24-hour Kmart and get porks. Uh, but probably not. We should go to Kmart after we've seen the movie and buy a toy. Buy a pork. We should. They've probably got porks. I want one of the little doggy things, like the, the snow dogs. Oh, yeah. Snow dogs. Ah! <laughs> no, last Jedi has snow dogs. Um, I expected the porks to talk. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I feel like I've probably set my expectations so low for porks that maybe I'll... Oh, God. Showing me snow dog meme. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, continue. I interrupted you. Just, you know, my expectations are so low that surely 
they can't get any lower for the Porgs. So maybe I'll come out loving. Yeah, I mean, they could be the greatest thing ever. I mean, they could be like the... Um, what's a good thing in Star Wars? The Han Solo of the, the new... Um, <laughs> the new trilogy. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, are you cosplaying tonight, Noah? I know you said before that you love cosplaying. Um, who could I go as? Um, a Porg. <laughs> I could be the first ever you could be. cosplayer. Um, like, you could go all out. I was thinking Slave Leia. <laughs> I'm um, going as Jabba. Yeah, I was thinking I could go as Jabba. Just no, but you've wear lost my weight. normal clothes. But you've um, lost weight, so... I could go as Jabba's rat. <laughs> <laughs> or um, Max Rebo, I thought. Well, I want to go as the singer from the Max Rebo band. Oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, it's it's exciting times, exciting times, and um, I wonder if it's going to be like last time when we saw The Force of Wookens, and we basically like left and we couldn't stop talking about it, and we're like, we're going to do an episode on it! Um, yeah, I wonder who's going to die this time, and we'll be like, oh my god. Predictions, let's make a bet. Leia will blow up. Yeah, I think Leia's <laughs> dying in this somehow. Uh, I mean, that's the logical one. Yeah. Um... But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't think they're going to kill any of the other main ones. Like, I mean, maybe someone like... No, not even... Like, if you think of the main new ones, like Poe's probably got the highest chance of dying. Yeah, but I think he's safe. I, re- I reckon we might have, like, a cliffhanger. Like, oh, my God, is Poe dead? Oh, my God, <laughs> is Finn dead? What about Luke Skywalker? Imagine how angry... <laughs> Imagine if, like, you know, he's got his, like, what, one minute of silence in The Force of Wookens, and then he's in it for, like, three minutes, and <laughs> Kylo Ren comes up and goes, pew, pew! And, like, That's this the big shot. Ghost dad. But, I mean, let's be honest, if he dies, he's going to come back as a Force ghost. I mean, God, yeah. Obi-Wan lasted, what, 30 minutes in A New Hope? Where is Obi-Wan? Where, where, where is, is he? Why is not he showing up anymore? He showed up lots as a Force ghost. But how are they going to do that? Because they can't get Alec Guinness, because he's dead. Well... I mean, they had Peter Cushing perform an entire film like 40 years after his death last year, so I have faith they could get Alec Guinness for one scene. I, you know, true, true. But I mean, do they then do it as Ewan McGregor in Old Man Makeup to try and, you know... No, you just recreate his... Fa- and it's all Force ghosty, so you can hide it and stuff like that. I, I, would, I would lose my shit if we get a Hayden Christensen ghost appearance. Oh, I'm sorry, anti-prequel fans, but like, come on. That's not going to happen. They Hayden. pretend that the prequels never happen. He hasn't done much Hayden Christensen recently, so... Um, but we'll see, and obviously, to listen to our coverage, listen to the Oz Network for our spoiler-free review and a spoiler <laughs> review. Um, now, we're going to do something different here, because uh, we've been doing some Mary reviews, but uh, Jackie, Jax, who we had on a few weeks ago, gave us a great idea to do... Uh, an entertaining thing she likes to do is go to the uh, Facebook pages of KFCs in Hobart and read the <laughs> reviews. But before we do that, uh, I've just gone to the Snow Dogs Rotten no! Tomato. <laughs> Now, Noah absolutely hates Snow Dogs. Uh, so let's read some. It's got a 24%. I thought that was a meme. That's like the official poster of it. <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. 24%. Um, <laughs> the critics' consensus, a, media co- a mediocre, I would say medicord, mediocre live-action children's movie, Snow Dogs, is filled with cliché dialogue, tiresome <laughs> pra- and no dog dialogue, and stale fish-out-of-water jokes. Um... I love how they sell this straight away. Two Oscar-winning actors at a family horror. And who's the other Oscar-winning one besides Cuba Gooding Jr.? Cujo. Cujo. So some of the critics' reviews. Uh, So a good one. What Fortasian bargain did Gooding make forcing him to star in this insipid fish-out-of-water comedy that paints him as a Bolton fan? 
<laughs> instantly forgettable. <laughs> it's not forgettable. If you have a soft spot for man's best friend, it's pretty good throwaway. <laughs> That's the best review. Uh, it's a pretty good throwaway. Comic action, appealing hero, splendid dogs, some scares. <laughs> some scares? <laughs> yeah, when they're not talking throughout the movie. Horrible acting, horrible script, and horrible direction plague this fiasco of a movie. <laughs> Whoever let the dogs out should probably consider a career change. While kids will probably eat the whole thing up, most no. adults will be way out of the plot. No, don't treat kids like idiots. I did not eat that up at all. Audience reviews. This movie is so cliche and stupid, I'm sad I ever saw it as a kid and I hated it. That was me. A I wa- hated it. A wonderful family film. Cuba Gooding Jr. was hilarious as Ted Brooks and Cisco. What is in the rap who did Thong Song? Is he in this movie? Wow. I don't know. Who played Rupert was hilarious as well. I also enjoyed Nickel Nichols and Joanna Beglaxo. Of course, I love the Michael Bolton cameo. Oh, there's a Michael Bolton cameo in it. Um, what is the worst rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes? Can we find that out? Like, is that a thing? It's probably Troll 2. What is the tomato meter? Top DVDs and streaming... Um, hmm, the Emoji Movie has 9%. Oh, God. Uh, anyway. All right, let's go to our KFC reviews. Da, 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 KFC reviews. So, okay, thanks to Jackie for suggesting this. So, this is on the page of our Mary reviews, who, if you can find I don't think we've done any of her at all. Oh, I've got a few Marys. Okay, well, you, we'll go there. But now. there's a list here of 0% ratings on Rotten Tomato. Oh, Yeah. Uh, Alexander the Great from 1956. Who's that? Is he like a... <laughs> uh, I haven't heard of a lot of these. The star- Oh, they're all the old ones. I'll go to the new ones. Um, so, Clowntergeist. <laughs> Bad Kids at Crestview Academy. Max Steele. Uh, True Memoirs of an International Assassin. Um, the Ridiculous Six. I think that's Adam Sandler. That's Adam Sandler one, yeah, Netflix one. Um, Atlas Shrugged Part 3. Who is John Galt? Oh, who is John Galt? Cam to Cam. Oh. <laughs> Zero. That's, uh, uh, that's the old uh, MSN days. Cam Central Cam. Chronicles of a French Family. Oh, God. Well, isn't that just everyone? Um, what? Keith Lemon, the Sexual film. Central Chronicles of a French Family? You Got Served to Beat the World. Fred, the movie. Shank Tekken. I Tekken. like the game. Um, what the hell is this? <laughs> it does look like a zero percent. Uh, I'll, I'll always know what you did last summer. The Calcium Kid. Mulan 2. There was a Mulan 2. <laughs> Uh, I love the the, um, the synopsis for Sexual Chronicles of a French Family. A family begin to discuss the subject of sex among themselves for the first time after their teenage son is caught in a provocative situation at school. Uh-oh. Hmm. Hey, Mike, Mike Scoopin's in it. <laughs> Uh-oh, even more. Did you see Johnny Fairplay created a T-shirt for his podcast that says Never Go Full Scoopin with a picture of his um, mugshot on a T-shirt? It's kind of funny. Slightly yeah. inappropriate. Very inappropriate. Um, yeah. Okay. Most of them are just random. What has 100%? Uh, well, don't have that. Tooken? <laughs> it would just be like Star Wars. Wouldn't... Oh, here we go. List of films for 100%. Yeah. Tooken. Tooken 2. <laughs> Attack of the Clones. Uh, Pogs versus Chewie. 
Uh, a trip to the moon. A trip to the moon. Uh, Underrated. See all the newer ones. Well, there are lots of them. What? Uh, <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Fortieth anniversary. Never edition. seen Close Encounters. Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Fair call. Red Dog. Red Dog. <laughs> that movie is that's dumb. <laughs> Wow. What about uh, Red Dog 2? There's a Red Dog 2. There is a Red Dog 2. Uh, the Monkey King 2? Nah. Batman no. and Robin? What? Oh, Batman versus Robin. I've never heard of that. Batman and Robin would not have 100%. <laughs> uh, 100% negative, maybe. I haven't heard of a lot of these. Um, maybe they've just got one review, and yeah. it's perfect. So that's why it's... um. All right, shall we read some of these reviews? I think... 24 these... Redemption? Really? I, uh, I'm that's down. a TV that's like the TV movie they did during the writer's strike anyway so these are our KFC reviews and uh, it's suggested by Jackie we should do these in a bogan accent so this is uh, I'm going to call these people out by name <laughs> uh, Georgia Weevil oh that's my cousin she I wonder how many mutual friends we've got of these people because we're always going to have mutual <laughs> friends uh, one mutual friend of course we do uh, Paul and customer service we ordered a giant feast box Waited at the window to pay for around 10 to 15 minutes with a KFC worker who came to the window and stacked drinks in the fridge multiple times and noticed us, but she didn't even have the dignity to service or direct us to the next window for payment. One star. Okay. You know, I thought my life was sad. <laughs> this is just really... John John Court, who I have a mutual friend with, apparently. Well... Well, what? Oh, it's Bogan Reviews, of course. Well had the grandchildren for a treat, ordered a family feast, cold chips, disgusting chicken red on the bone. I wasn't driving back, and when I phoned the manager, said, why are you calling now, and do you have any of the chicken to bring back? Smarten up your customer service and quality of food. I won't be back. One star. Oh, no, that's going to be a big hit to there. One star review from Louise Holbrook, who I have... Five mutual oh, friends the with. friend Louise Holbrook. For what seems a hundredth time at your store, <laughs> I went through drive-thru and ordered a variety bucket, <laughs> two dinner rolls, and instead of sweet potato and gravy, I asked for the normal. And then I was about to pay. I was told that there was only five chicken wings and one breast. Otherwise, I had to wait 16 minutes. So instead of waiting, uh, I accepted the five wings and breast. And when I got home... I didn't have my potato and gravy. Oh, my no. chicken was dry. Try to call to inform them, and the phone has been going to message bank. Not happy. One star. <laughs> that potato and gravy it makes the difference. Jay Davis. Never good customer service. What is that? Five times in a row, and you go get a crusher for the kids, only to hear can't do those. Once, maybe, but they are consistent with that one. Must be incredibly difficult to make. Lift your game. If you can't supply something or it's too hard, take it off the menu. Ooh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit of a, a, a rude one from Damien Wickham. Your fucking shit needs to pick your game up and the manager needs a good kick in the ass. Short and sweet. Thanks, Dave Wickham. Oh, this one's got comments. Oh, hang on a minute. Laura Cordwell. How many mutual friends do we have, Laura? 20. Two mutual friends. Oh, all right. Oh, Laura, hello. I know I shouldn't expect gourmet food considering it's been prepared by 14 and 15 year olds, but seriously, how hard is it to salt chips? Sam Johnson replies. Oh, Lee Sam. Oh, babe, I went there a few weeks ago <laughs> and went back and there was no salt on the chips. To be tails, they were running low, so they will not be given salt to drive through customers, only people that come in the store. What the? 
Laura replied, ha, 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 what the hell? It's literally their job to make sure there's enough salt. We specifically asked for extra also. Sam replied, oh, God, like, seriously, it's the best part of KFC. It's the extra salt. Oh, they're bonding over salt. We got burgers here the other day, both zingers. Dave's was incredible. <laughs> Dave had the zinger. <laughs> Mine, the bun was horrid with a tiny piece of dried chicken. So strange. Laura replied, it's hit and miss with those guys. They really need to train them better, that's for sure. We sat and drive through at the order window one night for 10 minutes because they were all in the office mucking around. I just wanted salty chips. Laughy emoji, laughy emoji. Sam Johnson replied, ha 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 I just want to crush a two sometimes. Their machine never is working. Boo. Oh, they, need to, they need to her their shit together. Laura replied, Ha ha ha, these are serious problems right there. Yeah, I'm sure kids in Africa are thinking that. I love that they're bonding over salty chips. Uh, there's a five-star review. What does a five-star review say? Um, everything was fresh and very good. Best KFC in the area. <laughs> it's like the one KFC. Um, do you have any Marys? And I, I'm like, what else can we find? Let's, let's look at the ocean chart. Do they have any reviews? Uh, so I've got a few Marys. I haven't pre-screened them. So let's just see. Uh, we should say that we got in contact with Mary. And she fucking stopped replying. Yeah, one star. Extremely disappointing. <laughs> Casey's Cafe Naruma. Uh, today I ordered a simple tomato and cheese toasted sandwich. It took a very long time. And I found out there was no tomato. Unfortunately, instead of making another sandwich, the food preparer simply opened it up and put in tomato and retoasted it. It didn't work. The bread was as hard as building material. <laughs> I pointed this out to the owner who gave me a sandwich and she said it was their commercial toaster. I didn't come down in the last shower. <laughs> The original sandwich was a normal toaster sandwich, not as hard as a rock, and it was made in the commercial toaster. This type of customer service is reprehensible. Um, this is at uh, $9.99. Ah, oh, good place. Second visit, very disappointing. One star. Owner very disinterested. Dumplings very rubbery. Simple questions about the owner's artwork not replied to. Oh, no, not the artwork. <laughs> very unfriendly. Yeah, the owner's artwork. Simple questions. Uh, the sun deck. Extremely disappointing. We ordered fish on the blackboard menu, waited, and finally were told we did not have the blue-eyed cod. We were the first people in the restaurant for lunch on Sunday. We reordered, and within two minutes... Within minutes, two plates were produced. Well, that's good. Within minutes. Yeah, that's pretty good. I had ordered the chili prawn linguine. Oh, well, yeah. That sounds good. With request for very mild chili. If you're requesting very mild chili, what is you may very well mild not chili? get chili. Uh, the dish was extremely hot and looked old. The flathead for my friend was cold and cold hand-cut chips. I refused my dish and waited while my friend ate his cold fish. So you just looked at it on the table and my waited. My friend. <laughs> yeah, what friend? Uh, when he finished, the mild chili prawn linguine arrived and it was delicious. Oh, I brought a friend about it because... A month ago, I had a good experience at this restaurant. I can't believe they tried to pawn off old plates of food. Oh. My friend wished he'd sent his back. Now he will never go back. Not Mary's friend. No. Uh, the last one I have. 
at Grumpy and Sweethearts. That must be her restaurant. <laughs> uh, a big disappointment. One star. Grumpy and Sweethearts has taken over the premises of Tyler's in Mogo, which had a wonderful reputation. Oh, not Tyler's. It was a surprise to see new ownership, but we expected a good experience and a lovely environment. Coffee is good, but I should have asked if they made their own holiday sauce. <laughs> God, here we go. She's always on the holiday. She loves the holidays, Mary. She gets, she's wet for it. She just goes cray-cray for it. I don't know if this is... Um, is this the same holidays? Oh, one? fuck. Let's say it's not. It's fun that way. <laughs> My eggs Benedict was terrible. Thick, pale, yellowy stuff. No one came over to ask how everything was. I, I prefer when people don't come over and ask. I'm trying to eat. Yeah, so I know. Don't come and ask me how it is. Finally, a serving boy. Come here, serving oh, boy. Discriminatory. <laughs> serving boy, bring me some bread. Bring me the hollandaise. Came near me. Oh. <laughs> he was probably scared out of his brain. Ah, it's Mary. And I told him that I was very disappointed. Of course, it wasn't his fault. But how could someone be expected to actually eat packet hollandaise sauce? <laughs> oh, this is the one we've read before. Then yeah. the manager reluctantly came to the table. She explained they were too busy to make hollandaise sauce from scratch. In a large restaurant, there were only people at three tables. And people love packet hollandaise sauce. The bread was good. I'll never go back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is the a different bre- one. The bread was good. Uh, I will never go back. <laughs> this might be a different one because she says here, even the name is too syrupy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Their name is Grumpy and Sweethearts. She's a bitch. I think this is a different one because there's a reply here. Um, well, is this the dick reply though? Oh, uh, maybe it is. Uh, well, hello, Mary B. A big disappointment we were. Well, so are you, and I'm sure your husband would agree. Oh, no, 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 this one before. This is you. Here we go. Here we go. Buckle up. Owner at Grumpy's and Sweethearts, the name that is too syrupy. Or oh, hello, Mary B. A big t- mis- t- disappointment we were. Well, so are you, and I'm sure your husband would agree. <laughs> you, a were, friend. you were a first reviewer, and what a joy you appear to be. I fail to understand why it was a surprise to see new ownership. Blind Freddy is aware that fine dining will struggles in capital cities. So surely you can imagine the difficulties trying to eke out a small living in a small rural area. No, maybe you can't. <laughs> you have shown your true colours, referring to one of our junior wait staff as a serving boy. <laughs> what a rude, pretentious person you are. And by the way, the mentioned manager who, according to you, reluctantly came to the table is actually a co-owner and a sweetheart and knows more about food than you would ever know in 10 lifetimes. <laughs> I love this. This person's my favourite person in the world. He called it out even more than the other one. I love him. You might think the name is Syrupy, but the masses disagree. They like the name and they love the Hollandaise sauce. <laughs> Drop mic. <laughs> Thank God you are no coming back. We don't want you your type at our cafe. Wish I had been there at this time. Love, Grumpy. Oh, what a I person. think he topped the other manager. Grumpy for Prime one. Minister. Yeah, Grumpy just calling her, a dis- <laughs> saying that Mary B's husband would be disappointed with her. Is just <laughs> That's what he needs to say, just like he is in bed. <laughs> That's epic. That's I love that man. I'm turning gay for him. She really has a thing about hollandaise sauce. Jesus. That's like the third hollandaise sauce review. Um, do you have any more? Or? No, that's a good one to end off on. I I've think. got the Ocean Child here, just ahead of our palmy night. Mm-hmm. Brady Robbins. Awesome feed and an amazing waiter in Michael. He's a great bloke oh, with Michael. an awesome personality. We should leave a review tonight. We will definitely be back.
especially for the service he provided. Great bloke. Many thanks, the Oatlandians. I mean, I love the Ocean Child, but I wouldn't say service is one of their no. notable points. That, that girl with a fat ass. Um, <laughs> ben! <laughs> ben! Cut that out. No, she's got a fat ass. She doesn't work Cut anymore. That out. Never. Barbara Scott had tea there. I hate the word tea. It's dinner. Oh, it can be tea. Had tea there tonight, night to the 11th, 17th. It was Yamo. Was Yamo. Plenty on the plate and done beautifully. Very quick. No mucking around. Lovely old <laughs> building. Prices very good. Staff excellent. Kelly Michelle. Had a cheesy Mac Parmigiana today. Cheap, delicious, great, friendly staff. XX. Great work. Very busy, but minimal wait time for anything. I haven't tried the Mac one. I had that one. It was a good one. Jonathan Wallace. Great food. Reasonably priced with such good ambience. Ambience. <laughs> Oh, sorry, this is, needs to be in a posh accent. Great food, reasonably priced with such good ambiance with wonderful maritime motif. Staff friendly and helpful and efficient. We are becoming regulars. Bianca Bentley Oates. Really good food, lovely service. We'll be coming back. Stephen Lunson, great food. Went on a budget. Fantastic staff, five stars all around. Um, people have posted pictures there. Today caught up with Emma. I know Emma Flood. I went on a date with her. Uh, is it the Emma Flood? Hang on a second. It is. <laughs> she actually just got chosen to be Miss Tasmania in the Miss yeah. Australia pageant. She's really not that attractive. Today caught up with Emma. I mean, she's all right. Uh, Emma flood for lunch at the Ocean Child for yummy fish and chips and salad on a very hot day, sweltering 30 plus degrees. Then checked out a rental property for AM after neatly, nearly getting lost on foot and blizzard feet. It turned out to be not much with rusty stove, $250 a week. Mm. Also checked out an op shop, then realized the central hotel on the couch with the lemon lime and bitters that we both needed before going our ways home. XXXX. Thank you for the Avo, the Avo M. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, it's the last segment of the year for us, so... There's no bad reviews for the Ocean uh, Well, this is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is. I agree with the reviews. But... Any other places? Like, what about the Snavin? What about the Snug Tavern? What do you reckon? There'll be some bad reviews. You reckon we've got some reviews they do a pretty the Snug good Tavern? They've got 43 it's... reviews. They've got a 4.4 out of 5, Noah. It's expensive, but they do some good reviews. 32 five-star reviews. That's good palming. Six four-star reviews. No three-star reviews. Two two-star reviews and three one. Let's go with the one-star reviews, all right? Here is the Snavin. Old bloke at the bar with the missing teeth spun some good yarns, although slightly racist. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay, hang on, let's just stop and read that for a second. About <laughs> some local legends. Is that your dad? Uh, who definitely, would definitely smash a pot of Cascade in there again. Didn't have a chance to, but I hear the chicken wing buffet is something else. What happened, happened to the bloke who rode a horse through the drive-thru? <laughs> what? That's snug in one paragraph. Uh, reply by Nathan Tabor. It wasn't the drive-thru, it was the main bar. Horses called Channel Flyer and the bloke riding him was Doug Brazendale. <laughs> All right. Oh, Lord. Uh, that's a five-star review. I wanted the one-star review. No, the racist man. Five <laughs> Not star the racist review. man. Um, All right, here we go. So this is from Katie Jane. Oh. The Katie yeah, Jane. I know her. Are you serious? Yeah. She looks a bit... I'm not saying where I know her from, but... She looks weird. What's wrong with the face? Uh, my partner and I very rarely go out to dinner, but decided on the tavern something different. We drove all the way from Signet to be... You live in Signet and you're disappointed with Snug? Okay, it's a different Katie Jane that I know. My partner had a Port, port E-How... Hang on, oh, it's a long review. 
My partner had a porterhouse steak, meat rare, and although it was cooked well, it was tough as old boots, and he barely ate any of it for $29. You'd expect a decent steak. He left hungry. I have a chicken season salad. For $24, I expected a decent amount of chicken. I got eight miserable tiny bits of cold chicken. Salad was soaked in sauce and an ex- and a extremely small serving for the price. I was hungry, so I ate all of it, but now I'm feeling sick from eating too much sauce. I don't I- get people who say they leave hungry and don't eat their meal. Even if it's shit, you just eat it. Yeah. I ordered a vodka, lemon, lime and bitters and it was disgusting. We won't be back unless something changes. Too expensive what we received. Thoroughly disappointed. And we got replies. Katie James replied. We went back earlier in the week to give another try. Waste of time and money. <laughs> Chris Clementson. Did you say anything while you were there? No. Oh, Sam Smith went there. <laughs> wow. Oh, I hated it. The blonde hair owner was so rude. So rude. Okay. How can he live? Somebody on my birthday did a review. Matt Bantic, one star, but not, didn't write anything about it. Good reviews all It's a bit disappointing. What about the two-star reviews? What do you reckon? I, I mean, it is expensive, but they do good palm Um No one's written anything for the two-star reviews. They've just put Tanya Marie Scottney reviewed Snug Tavern. Two-star. One person liked it. Uh, what about the good reviews? All right, here you go, Noah. The racist man. Amazing large meals, nice staff, friendly atmosphere. That's Kayla Chris. Cindy Brown, great meals. We this is four star reviews. We thought it was reasonable prices. No. Mark Corinth, good service and good meals for a fair price, like a tavern. We like it. Wendy Will Atchison had roast lamb. Veggies were fresh, not frozen. Very tasty, worth a try. Um, okay, like no one's like written anything. They've just all just oh, I'm no, going to review all it. Just like yeah, it's all right. Um, any other places you want to I think that's the good. Word. It's just making me hungry. Um, what else? What would be a place that you would assume would have good reviews but might have shit reviews? Mona. Um, actually, let's look at Mona. What do you reckon? Do you think Mona's got bad reviews? No. Hated the vagina wall. Oh, not, not good 3,390 reviews for Mona. 165 one-star reviews. All right, here we go. It was you, too rude for the kids. You and I need to do a, a roving podcast in Mona. Oh, God. Okay, let's go. All right, these are the bad reviews of Mona. No, that's a three-star review. Where are the one-star reviews? I clicked on the one-star, you knobhead. paid Facebook to get rid of. All right, so, okay, here we go. Judy Burgess. Oh, the Judy Burgess. The Judy Burgess. A lot of money spent, but who understood the themes that were portrayed? <laughs> Excuse me. Unless you could speak the foreign language portrayed, well... <laughs> What, Australian? And as for those headphones and phones given to you, very hard to follow. No, they're not. They're so easy to follow. <laughs> Useless. I wonder how many people return. Uh, lots. It's like our number one tourist attraction. I know I won't, and sorry, but I can only advise friends not to waste their time and money. Also, muffins I bought in the cafe were only half cooked. Chef wants to smarten his ideas up and cook food properly. Impressed? Me? No, no, no. She didn't even make any complaints. Helen Ainsley. Mona Management could learn a thing or two. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Mona Management could learn a think or two from Ghost Rock Winery on how to run and cater for such an event. Chairs take up less room than blankets and some designated walking easels would have saved having people walking on top of each other. And as for the... Q, spelled Q-U-E, for food and drink. That's another story. Where was the water? (laughs) 
Uh, okay, we did. all for like the restaurants. Ben Clean. Good name, Ben, but uh, yeah. Go to an art gallery to stare at a screen. Enter the O device, simply an iPod touch using place of information cards, and offers an auditory experience. An interesting concept in theory, but completely ruins the experience of visiting, as everyone is standing around unaware of personal space, staring at yet another screen. As for the art, makes me wonder when we started celebrating everything about society that is debased and the opposite of beauty. In the gift shop, I wonder what sort of people would purchase soap cast from vaginas, keychains that read sex plus death, and collect postcards of obese men with vaginas. I know a lot of people. Most of the work, hello, most of the work seemed it should have been kept private and discussed with a psychiatrist or other professional, <laughs> appalled that school children were present. A chair with a bowl of water placed on it with a kitchen knife and two fish swimming around? Yes. Art. When people say they don't understand it, that's the fault of the artist, not the viewer. The most creative place was probably the obese Porsche. At least that had a sense of humour. God damn it. Like, I'm not an art lover, but what a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, shall we do any more of these? I just want my palmy. So bad. <laughs> what your palmy? We would have been 18 minutes away. We would be. Uh, God, there's got to be something here. Um... Meg Bales. I wanted to like Mona, but the overall experience wasn't great. Awful loud sounds, awful smells, and not a whole lot of art to look at. We had a much more interesting time at the other galleries and museums in Hobart. The best part of the trip was a ferry ride and back. Why are people complaining about the iPod? I think that's a great idea. That's innovative. We don't have plaques and walls. We have to O. Code for a bunch of twatty crap narrated by a pompous English git. <laughs> the artwork, if you can call it that, was just mindless as a narration. If I wanted to see what a junkie could create, I'd go to any street corner of Newtown in Sydney on a weekend. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Complete bastards for ignoring the thousands of signatures many Tasmanians on petition to stop Herman Nish's vile performance to make a spectacle out of killing an animal. Oh, God, okay, you've lost me. All right, well, um, thank you for your uh, esteemed company in 2017. Do you have any memories of at least appearing on the brink <laughs> as opposed to the Oz Network? Mm, no. No, no one does. Mary. Do you remember Mary's being on this uh, podcast at all? I just love Mary. And fuck Mary. Well, I don't love Mary. I love the concept of Mary. We had a good road trip. That's all right. That was okay. <laughs> Would you go camping? Uh, maybe. Maybe. No. Well, thank you, Noah. Star Wars. Star Wars and Palmy. The best night in the world. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening. I'm going to flash some back right now, and I've just spoiled it for you, and I haven't even prayed this intro. This is like a Played, actually, not prayed. Uh, yeah, I'm all over the place today that apparently I spoiled the introduction before I even pressed the button. Uh, we're going to close out 2010 for you. Uh, interesting enough, we've been doing our uh, best ofs, going through all the years, keeping it in order, and uh, we're going to play the remaining clips from the 2010 best of CD that we haven't gotten to yet. So you're going to hear, I'm just going to give these in order because I'll just play these all together. You'll hear a uh, clip of our, quote, David Bartlett interview from 2010. That's a bit of an interesting sort of one there. Uh, we have the best of the confessions of a Hobartian in 2010 where people of course would send in what they want to confess and get it off their chest. Uh, we have a very interesting um, I guess uh, special interview with Eline uh, Elon, Elon? Uh, Elon Woods who of course uh, Tiger Woods' ex was in the news a little bit back in 2010 I uh, remember her 
and uh, a weird segment that we did called Gertrude's Gander, which, um, as you can probably tell when you listen to it, there's a reason why that didn't really become a regular. So let's uh, hear from those segments to close out the best of 2010. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yes. <laughs> Anthony, calm down. Matt, you're excited. And um, a lot earlier than I was expecting, we've been joined by the... Said you can come in, mate. We've been joined by the Premier of Tasmania, you David. G'day, boys. How are you? Oh, we're, we're very excited to have you on the show, considering we weren't expecting you for Thanks, a while. Ben. How are you, David? Oh, I'm good, Ben. How are you? Oh, uh, look, we're very excited. Very excited. We're just surprised. We just weren't expecting you. Look, um... I just went up 10 octaves then you know, in, in less than a second. But um, I just thought I might pop in here before I go speak to Lazar. That's Lara, by yes. the way. Oh, yes, yes, our Lara, good friend. Yeah, we've, um, we've got a bit on today, but uh, it's only not even 20 to 9, and uh, I thought it might, might be a good time to, you know... Uh, Swing by. Yes, well, that's good. Um, sorry, I'm just laughing at Anthony because he's pulling funny faces in the background. Anthony, why are you doing that? What are you talking about, Ben? <laughs> okay, they sound like coffee then. Um, David, look, um, considering... He might be in later on. He might be later on today. Oh, God, we're having everyone. Um, considering we weren't actually expecting you to come in today, I don't really have much prepared for you. Boo. But, um, <laughs> The, the polls aren't looking good. <laughs> That's all I've got. Trevor's handed it to me on a piece of paper. What are you going to do for the polls? Um, get a good fence and uh, <laughs> join a bit of um, wiring to connect them all together. And uh, Was that an attempt at a joke, Miss Premier? Look, um, I'm not one for jokes, Ben. I am a politician. And, um, <laughs> Sometimes. But, uh, well, <laughs> yes. I've got nothing to say to that. I'm sorry. Matt, would you like to ask anything? Well, Look, I don't particularly like talking to David directly, so I'll, I'll direct my questions through you, Absolutely. Ben, across, across the table. But I thought we were going to go to dinner tonight, man. <laughs> Just not on air, Mr Premier. Um, so everything's flying off here, isn't it? Yeah. First no, question was that... Uh, we kiss us tonight. Would you just let me answer? Now, come on, Mr Larry. Premier. Stop Mr. it, Premier. stop it. I don't know whether you can remember, but... What was the look on your parents' face when they heard your voice for the first time? It, it... Well, I um, don't know if I should go there, but this is a bit of a sore topic. I was adopted. So... Oh, oh. <laughs> that works. <laughs> really? By who Who have you ever found out who your, uh, your naturalised parents are? Turns out they re-adopted me, so... <laughs> really? I really know. A bit confused, really. Yes, I, Okay. Yeah. In a nice little home in uh, up in Mount Stewart. Yes, yes, and, yes. Um, it's a little bit Russell-esque, Russell Crowe-esque, that voice, isn't it? Uh... Well, um, he actually learned and trained his voice based upon mine, actually. <laughs> now, um, David, I would like to introduce you to yourself at the moment. Um, we have a regular, a regular on the show is in other David Bartlett. David, are you there? Look, uh, Ben, I'm here, and I think it's uh, wonderful that what you're doing for the Tasmanian people is... Um, you have, you, have you met David, David? <laughs> David, how are you? Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, David. <laughs> you guys must it's have a lot of scary, comment. actually. <laughs> it's um, the first time I've met somebody of great calibre. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're in awe of each other, aren't you? We are. Yeah. <laughs> you just... A bit too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, uh, other David, I'm glad that you've uh, come on here to talk to normal David, and um, I hope you have... No, a... Normal's yeah, a relative term. Exactly yeah. right. So what you should really define the word normal. Yeah. It's uh, something that I'm very proud of and something that we'd like to implement as soon as possible. Okay, then. We'll hold you to that. Um, we'll bring you back 
on next week to talk a bit more about talking to yourself. Thanks, I'm getting confused talking <laughs> to two babies. I, I could send you that door knocking for me, I think. Or you could have a phone call. Yes. yes, yes. Electric phone call. So while you're up in Launceston, he could be down here That's in Hobart, right. and then you find a third one up the northwest, and you've got all uh, three. Hitler had three doppelgangers, I think. <laughs> <laughs> is the brink we have Will Hodgman in the studio and uh, somebody's just popped in to say hello um, David uh, look Ben hello and I'm confident <laughs> Will what Will <laughs> oh, what's going on Will did you even see David oh, pop up it was freaky yeah David anything to say to Will or Will anything to say to David where's your nation's food bowl Will <laughs> <laughs> oh it's getting nasty in here it's just gone quiet can we have a debate no Let's give that a go. Um, <laughs> what do you have to say in rebuttal to um, to David Butler? <laughs> Where's the substance, David? It's easy to talk. Where's the action? Come on, David. What do you have to say to that? Well, Larasa, Larasa. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Larasa? David, Larissa. are you okay? Larissa last night has um, confidently said that, as the wife of the premier, that we'll be doing every little bit of action we can. Oh. <laughs> Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, David. I'm not talking about the horizontal folk dance. David, David, you're avoiding the question. I realise you're a politician, but Will has asked you a serious question. Can you have any sort of answer to that? Moving forward. <laughs> well, that's what we have that's to put. It. That's what we have to put up with. Yeah, Will. David's yeah, gone. He's gone. Yeah, well, I suppose every day it would. You know, he's on the <laughs> microphone going. Moving forward. Confession. Hobart. It's a, it's a special one this week, actually. He's uh, not from Hobart. Um, <laughs> so this one's a bit different. Kevin, 53, from Canberra, confesses that he refuses to leave his office and the lodge as he just got a new heat pump installed and it cost him a bomb. That's a bit, you know, he's, he's got to leave, though, doesn't he? He's got no choice. When does he actually get kicked out? I think he's gone. He's gone? Yeah, absolutely. Take the pictures down, unplug the phone. I recall um, Brendan Nelson talking about when when he lost the uh, the Liberal Party leadership to Malcolm Turnbull, and he said he came out of the meeting, the um, party meeting, and was wandering back to his room. And by the time that had finished, there were people in his office packing boxes <laughs> up already by that stage. Wow, that's incredible. Pretty swift action. I wouldn't think that Kevin would have to pay for a heat pump. I thought that would just be, you know parliamentary privilege or here you go mr prime minister you're a bit cold are you here we go we'll put this up on the wall for you bang there you go thank you trevor now um (laughs) this week meds if you're listening morning morning uh brad is 21 he's from signet and uh, we signed it see we're talking about signet Signet, before yeah maybe people know exactly uh he confesses that he isn't going to vote tomorrow as he just bout i think that's meant to be bought uh, Justin Bieber's new album and wants to stay home all day and listen to it. Well, Anthony... Well, your priority is Bradley, not happy Brad. Well, I, 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 for one, get very excited election time. Yeah, I love too. voting. I love having the constitutional right to go and me tick a box too. and put one in there. And I'm spitting everywhere. Yeah. And I love watching TV. This will be the first federal election... I have been home and not passed out somewhere, be it in Brisbane or on the floor of a friend's house, um, crying at the TV because John Howard was still Prime Minister, uh, where I will be able to watch the election and pay attention to it. 
you and I last three years ago were in Kevin Rudd's electorate. We were, and I tell you what, the feeling, the, the it was it was electric. The atmosphere was amazing. And you know what? I'm craving for that right about now. We should, where's Julie from, Victoria? We should have from, to her. Yeah, she, from her elect, she lives in, um, her electorate is Layla, and she lives in... She's an Adelaidean, though, isn't she? Yeah, she's from Adelaide originally. She's a Welsh well, woman originally. moved to Adelaide who's representing Victoria. She was like six... Eight or ten when she moved to Australia. Can't mm. remember. She's one of those ages. And then she grew up in Unley, or at least she went to Unley High School in this Adelaide. This week on the brink, Julia Gillard's biography. Yeah, Anthony. No, turns out I didn't. I thought you know Unley would be like ages away from the Adelaide CBD. This is really boring, I know, but it's only like it's barely even five minutes drive. Wow. From the Cebu do. That's amazing. Yeah. We've got to all these things. Yeah. So back to Brad. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that I did honestly agree with Tim. I think this election has been quite boring. Yeah, there's, there's nothing been exciting. There's no personalities. No, and they're yeah. all spin, spin, spin. Um, anyway, but Brad21, if you want to listen to Justin Bieber's album and be poisoned for the rest of your life and grow up with nightmares that haunt you for the rest of your life, then go right ahead, my friend. You know? You'll get fined. Is it like $20 if you don't vote? Yeah, something like that. And you get taken to court. Yeah. And then you can just turn around and say, why didn't you vote? Because I didn't like either of them. Okay, pass, fail, whatever. I'm sorry, am I boring you, Anthony? <laughs> I apologise. Allow me to make this more likely to you. <laughs> Likeling. You know? okay, How would you like me to improve the format of the show? Would you like me to introduce <laughs> our next guest? Introduce the next guest. Oh, she is beautiful. and she's She is, actually. She, no, she's, she is sitting right She's very the, Swedish. And I, I can't believe that she's made it all the way to Australia, despite the the, rain, the controversy that is surrounding <laughs> her and her husband, her <laughs> uh, ex-husband now. And she, she spoke this Officially week, ex-husband. Have during, they officially divorced? They, they have divorced. And she's spoken to a magazine during the week, but now she's first radio interview like ever. Um, it is a pleasure to welcome uh, Elaine Woods, uh, Elaine Woods, sorry, or as uh, she's now lo- known as by her maiden name, uh, Elaine uh, Nordegren. Elaine, thank you very much for your time here in the brink. It is a pleasure. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello, Elaine. How Hello, are you? Hello, Anthony. Hello, Ben. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Now, I, I just want to... very much like Princess Mary. Yeah, I was going to say, are you friends with Princess oh, Mary? Oh, no. Princess Mary and I go way back, but we are from the Scandinavia, so we like to speak like the similar. Oh, okay. So what, what, what are you going to be doing now? Are you going to be doing TV, press interviews, obviously, but what does life have in store for you now that you're, you know, you're done with Tiger? Oh, well, look, it's very hard for me to, to move on from the Tiger. He's a very good man, very, you know, but he's a, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a B word for what he did to me. But I, I am looking at many options. Uh, the television is a good option. Uh, it, it, it involves lots of being pretty and on the television, but our radio is fun. But uh, I'm thinking of taking up golf. Golf? Golf? You, you, you really want to go down that route despite your husband? Oh, no, look, he's not my husband, Ben. We <laughs> broke up, but uh, no, look, golf looks fun. You hit the ball around the course, and uh, you get all the ladies, apparently. Uh, but in my case, I get the men because, oh. oh, look, oh, look, look at Tiger, you know. He, I think he might have had a few men. You know, him and uh, him and Greg really? Norman, you know, him and Greg are you, Norman. Are you sure about that? Oh, look, I heard something on the grapevine, uh, as we like to call it in Sweden, the Wundertag. Oh. And, um, oh, look, I speak Swedish because I'm from Sweden. Oh, is that right? Oh, look, I would I would think, Elaine, you would speak Swedish because you were from there. But, uh, no, well, that's, that's a big scoop that you're going to take up golf. And uh, Greg Norman and Tiger, really, that would have been interesting. I walked in on them in the bedroom. Not a pretty sight. You don't wear a hat to bed and you don't bring a golf club. It, it, it gets sort of stains on it. It's not very good. 
Oh, stains. Oh, look, moving on. Look at the pretty colours. Oh, yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Elaine. Uh, now, look, the magazine's asking you, you're coping. You sort of, you come out during the week. You said, it's hard, you know. Your children have been asking you, Mummy, where's your boo-boo? And you said, oh, my boo-boo's in my heart. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard. We can't exp- The world has been encapsulated by this whole incident. I mean, how is this? I mean, you must just want to throw stuff at us, the media. You must hate it. <laughs> Can I just read a... We've already got a listener who sent, um, who sent a, a, a message in. Yes. I just need to interrupt. This is... Um, this oh, is it's okay, us. boys. I, I like the messages. Okay, good. This is from um, a listener called Catherine Ryback. Oh, hello, Catherine yes. Ryback. Uh, she says, Elaine Woods bears a striking vocal resemblance to Princess Mary Donaldson from last week's show. Well, Katie, that's right. We've just already well, I've announced... I've already touched on that, Katie. Thank you for your listenership. I love you uh, in Hobart. It's great to listen. Say, how do you say, um, I thank you very much for that and I love you, Katie, in uh, in, in Swedish? I might have pronounced the Ryback a little bit differently, but that's my dialect. It's not from Stockholm. It's from Vongsikakam, which is in the northern <laughs> half of Sweden. You but also sound like um, Conan Frederick's mother. Oh, look, I get told that a lot. But no, look, I, I wanted to touch on that issue, Ben. It's a good question. Uh, look, the, cute, the children, the ch- is that how you say it in English? What? Yes, the that's children, right. They're, children. They're very <laughs> upset and they want to help mommy and I appreciate it. But look, um, you know, I'm very upset, but I quite like the media attention. Because yes. in Sweden we have a media blackout. Oh, really? After nine o'clock at night, they turn the television off and they put a picture of Abba on the TV or night. Oh, well, that's that very interesting. Sense. That but makes no, look, sense, it's though. good. And because I'm not that famous, my husband is famous. He hits a ball, he wins millions of dollars. Whoop de doo! I am beautiful. I have blonde hair and I am Swedish. What more could you ask for? You know? <laughs> I mean, honestly, honest to God, Anthony Moran, you are a very nice boy. And, yes, um, thank you, thank you. You know, um, back in my hometown of Avundahaka, which is again in the southern half of Sweden, uh, we're very appreciative of your kind. But uh, no, look, the media, I don't hate the media. I love the media. I love Australia. Go, Australia! Go, you soccer roos! Oh, so you're, you say that you're the a The World Cup's role. over. Oh, but no, Sweden didn't make the World Cup, so I had to go for this. And you, oh, Sweden are blue and gold, Australia green and gold, blue and green, same colour. I can't tell the difference. I love the colour. You know, I mean, look at Tiger. Woo, go Tiger Woods, you're my friend. But I broke up with him, you bad man. You're very all over the shop this morning, Elaine. Um, <laughs> I, I, and we are definitely getting listed saying you do sound like Princess Mary. Now, oh, before... Well, yes, Andy. I was just going to say, Elaine, you're just an absolute highlight. Highlight of the show. No, look, it's an honour. And uh, look, I, I spoke to the magazine. They said, tell your story. And I said, okay, but I want to speak to the brink. Okay. Oh, the brink. Mary rang me up and said, Oh, Elaine, hello. That's my Mary impersonation. Not very good, I know, but I can't do the Danish accent. And she said, Oh, go on the brink. They're very good. Very good for you. You know what I think should happen now, Elaine? Uh, what's your, your new name now? What's Her your name? Uh, no, uh, yeah, how do you pronounce it? Oh, it's the Swedish terminology. But in English, you pronounce it as Nordegren. Nordegren. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. We're, we're nearly out of time, Elaine. Um, Anthony, you've got one time for one more question. Oh, the question's gone. Oh, has it? Oh, ask me the question. Ask me the five question. Oh, the you five questions. The five, let's five okay. Question. Let's get these questions point. on the go. Number one. Yeah, you go, answer. You ask them. Oh, I don't know them. Uh, well, you don't know. Elaine, can I ask them? You ask them, Ben. You're very good at the question. And I'll ask. I'll ask the third question. Okay. Uh, first question, Elaine. Uh, uh, what is your favourite type of cheese? Oh, look in Sweden, we not we we eat lots of cheese. Uh, but my favourite is from the Stockholm Hills. It is called Mungahakam. Chica! 
cheese and it's very popular in Sweden it's everywhere you can't go five meters without seeing it on the television can you say that again first line oh no it's 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 no I can't say it again all right now I understand that you're um, um, speaking <laughs> your this is a telephone interview from you no, I'm in the studio hello Anthony. of course you are but I'm touching you on the arm oh you have strong biceps I know yes you are oh, you want to come back to my Flokenbarken put my brand new iPhone 4 down Oh, look, you, you shouldn't be product placing, Anthony. <laughs> I know that, and I'm not Australian. Uh, Isn't that a product in itself? Uh, can I, before, you ask the a scruncher. Before, well, I'm going to answer that, but can I just say an Aussie, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, folder or scruncher. Oh, I don't use toilet paper, I'm Swedish. Uh, what do you it? use? Oh, uh, we use hungerbacken leaves. What's hungerbacken leaves? Oh, they're very popular in Stockholm. Um, do you, do you I thought you eat them. Uh, boss in the oh, sorry, oh, I didn't mean to swear on the radio. Fantastic. Uh, who's better please. looking, uh, myself or Anthony? Oh, do you have to ask that question? Anthony has the biceps. He is sexy, man. Oh, well. Anthony Moran, you come back to my house and we make the babies. Done like a dinner. All right. Done uh, like a dinner, uh, done. Before, are we alone in the universe? Oh, definitely not. I, I know that for a fact because even Tiger has been with people from out of the universe. And, oh, oh I wasn't meant to say that on the radio, but, um, you know, NASA and I talk. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're divorced now. So, Tiger's... Oh, hello. That's the microphone. <laughs> Lane. Don't steal it away from me. Oh, sorry, Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know that Tiger <laughs> sleeps with aliens and Greg Norman. This is this is big scoots. And uh, final question. If you could include any sport at the, the 2020 Olympics, uh, what would you include and why? Oh, but this is Swedish pastime. Don't know if you do you know much about Swedish pastimes, Anthony. Oh, everything about them. Oh, well, have you ever heard of Gungvaka? Yeah, celebrated that last night. Well, no, you didn't because it has not happened in 87 years. But I want to bring it back. It involves getting a piece of cheese, a stick oh. of carrot, a piece of sticky tape, and putting it in a bun. Oh, okay. You rub it nice. on your face. Oh, all right. And then you spin around. And you press a CD player and you listen to ABBA. Amazing. 87 years ago, they even had ABBA. And you just sing along to Waterloo. That's a Swedish <laughs> version. But it's not, look, it's, it would be fantastic in your 2020 Olympics. And can I just say to the government, get off your bums and support the beat because you are flung the darkens and the best of the there you go, Australia. We've just right. received a full confirmation <laughs> and support from Elaine Woods or Elaine Endrickin or whatever it is. <laughs> Nordegrin. Nordegrin, uh, that ap- she apologies. has now got... <laughs> We have now got her full support, and she wants the 2020 Olympics just as much as us. And also, there you go, Government of Australia. There you go, Government of Tasmania. Apologies you know, to, to Swedish it. listeners in case you said anything. We have to go, Elaine. This segment has gone for way too long. We appreciate your time. And this brink exclusive here. If we had one of those watermarks on the screen, we could do it. But I am so proud and honoured to have you on the show. And here's a box of tissues. We hope you go very well in your golfing career or whatever you decide to do. And we hope to have you on the show in the future. Oh, thank you, boys. Thank you, Auntie. Thank you. To, uh, what's your name, Ben? And to the K Ryback, thank you for listening. And to everyone in Hobart, soccer rules. Oi, oi, oi. Ben, what is next? Oh, well, you tell me. Gertrude is her name. Oh, well, tell us she about She is an incredibly wise and well-traveled lady. And she likes to talk to people about life. And more, particu- more particularly about their lives. Oh, look, I want to hear. And um, so here she is now. Gertrude. Gertrude, are you there? Hello. Can you hear me? Where's my music? Thank you, Anthony, Ben. Hello, I'm Gertrude, and this is Gertrude's Candor. Now listen, listen to me, Anthony. You listen to Gertrude. Yes, listening. You know what I did during the week? No. I spoke to Philip. You know, Philip is my husband. My husband's Philip, and he said to me, he said to me, Gertrude, come here. I want a kiss. And I said, Philip, no. 
You know why I said no, Anthony? Why did you Because say I did no? not want to kiss him because he is a man. And you know what is wrong about him being a man? What? It's the fact that he has something between his legs, which I just do not like. No, Anthony, <laughs> tomorrow is grand final day. Grand yes. final day in the Australian Football League. Now, you know who is going to win. Ben, who? I, I mean, Gertrude. Who is Ben? <laughs> I'm Gertrude. Now, listen to me. I will tell you who is going to win, and I will tell you now. The person, the team, the the team who is going to win is the team. Anthony, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. The team that is going to win is a team that has the most points at the end of the game. Now, that is quite a mathematical thought because I came to that conclusion with quite easy mathematics. Now, listen to me, Anthony. I, I predict that the team who wins will also lift up the cup, the trophy of glory, the cup that signifies the glorious team of the AFL. And that team, that team with the most points, will be in history. And you know what else I said during the week, Anthony? What? what when I sat down and I made that prediction, I said to Philip, I said, Philip, you come here, you come here now, and you listen to Gertrude. And he said, Philip, he said, Gertrude. I said, what? And he said, give me a kiss. And I said, no, you know why not? Because you're a man, and I did not like it. And that is... That is Gertrude Gander, and that is this week's. That was interesting. Wow. That she was something, wasn't she? We have a via satellite, and she just left already. Um, I don't know. That was I don't know about her predictions, though. She, yeah. She's mm. very forceful, isn't she? She is. It's like, you listen to me. I'm Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude, are you here ready? Um, hello, boys. Hello. Hello, Ben. That's right. If I was hopeless. Hello? Am I? Good. Am I ready? Hello, Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Gadrid. How are you? Are you impersonating me? Are you impersonating? Well, what happened to my music? I'm disappointed. At least when you move the microphone. Yes, I anyway, am. you know what? This week in Gertrude's Canada, hello, I'm Gertrude, and this is what happened this week. I got home from India, and I saw Philip, and I said, Philip, did you miss me? And he said, yes. And you know what I said to Philip, Anthony? What, Ben? What is... I mean, Gertrude. What did I say to you? I'm me? Ben. That's Gertrude. I'm Gertrude, Anthony. You know what? Anyway, I said to Philip, I slapped him in the face, and I said, I didn't miss you. I met a lovely Indian man by the name of Rami. <laughs> you know what Rami did to me, Anthony? What? Things that I can't mention this time on the radio, but I said to Philip, I said, Philip, let's go into the bedroom, and I'll show you a few things. And then Philip did. He showed me his, his coin collection. He got a new coin. He got one from Bermuda. It was exciting. Wow. I got so excited I baked him a cake and you know what I said to Philip then? Eat it? I said Philip, 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 <coughs> eat that cake and make me a flake and then he did and then before you know it, it was Saturday evening and we were watching Hey Hey It's Saturday. You know what is so exciting now Anthony Moran about? Oh what? Hey Hey It's Saturday you? being back on a Saturday. You know what's so exciting about it Anthony Moran? What? It's You're back on a Saturday. Me? Oh it's back on a Saturday. I was so excited I pooed my panties at Gertrude Scander. I'll speak to you next week. Well, that Fantastic. was convenient, and she's gone. She does it and just leaves. I like that music, by the way. Yeah, it's very beautiful, very relaxing. Where did we find her? Um, she was one of our um, regular um, listeners who would always sit outside the studio, and um, she always used to speak to me. She didn't like you um, in the very beginning. She doesn't. No. That's why she never talks to me when we're in. And that's why she's always complaining. She's always saying, you know, like, yeah. Ben this, Ben that, you know. Oh, well. Um, this stuff happened. here she is. Interesting stuff, as always. And that means that, of course, that when we eventually come back to bring some more flashbacks, you know we're going to have to go back to 2011. Now, final proper full episode of the year. We, of course, have to get some of our regulars on, including the man who talks about Trump. That is Donald Trump, in case you were wondering. Uh, Mr. Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to the show, first of all. Yeah, it's good to be here. I just thought I'd say Donald. I don't know. Are there any other famous Trumps, or is that name just kind of soiled forever uh, with the Trump family lineage? Uh, I guess there's only people associated with Trump himself, Donald Jr., uh, Ivanka. Ivanka. <laughs> yeah. Yep, all those people. But, uh, yeah, 2017, I guess our first um, 
proper year with him as uh, president. I mean, the positive news, I guess, to come from all of this and the, this year is nearly over as we approach sort of, uh, you know, the middle of January, uh, is that the positive news is we're a quarter of the way through the presidency. So, yay. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope it's uh, more than that. Um, <laughs> Robert Mueller, get out there. Come on. Get stuck into this investigation. <laughs> Do you, do you feel, I mean, it's kind of the question I guess everyone's asking and I kind of guess we all know the answer, but, I mean, has he lived up to the, the terrors and hell that we all thought it would be? Is it not as bad as we thought it would be? Is it worse than we thought it would be? I mean, how kind of would have you, you seen this first year? Uh, I think in many ways it has been as bad as we thought it was going to be, but not maybe not in the kind of um, evil, elaborate, genius-type way that some people were predicting. I think it's more just a, a, a storm of incompetence, just constantly, and, and it's probably because of that that he hasn't been able to cause as much damage as he might have. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess the wall is, I think, being built, isn't it? Um, we haven't gone to war yet. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the positives. Um, I mean, the wall, I think, did I not see somewhere that they technically have started building this wall? Because this was like that big, big Trump thing, wasn't it? But, I mean, when do we hear about this anymore? Yeah, I uh, I see it pop up every now and again. He's still saying that Mexico is going to pay for it. Ridiculous. Um but yeah, I think I guess the wall is kind of like the symbol of Trump. You know, it's this. If he doesn't build that wall, then it's, it's essentially going to be a metaphor for his his presidency, really, isn't it? Well, you, I mean, like, does he actually realise that you know when he eventually leaves, whether it be before four years and when he gets you know booted out by President West uh, in twenty twenty, that I mean, pretty much the first thing that whoever the new president is going to do, particularly I'm guessing if they're a Democrat, that's probably going to be the first thing they do is to remove the wall, and we're going to have I guess like Berlin Wall style scenes, yeah. uh, you know, but in the US, so. I mean, I, I, I still, you know, I don't think we've really talked too much about the whole, like, Mexico will pay for it. But what happens if Mexico don't? Do they send in the debt collectors to Mexico? Do, like, American debt collectors start knocking on, like, doors and say, oh, we'll steal that building oh, until you pay us back? Like, I mean, how can how can a country have to pay the bill? And what are the consequences? Like, just trade, you know, embargoes and things like that? I guess so. I don't think they have any legal uh, right to actually enforce, them, enforce that kind of... Um make them pay for the wall at all. So it would essentially just come down to, well, you're going to suffer um, trade deals and, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's the ins and outs, I guess, of all that sort of stuff. But, uh, I mean, you know, as I said, quarter of the year, hopefully, hopefully more uh, out of his presidency. I mean, what do you think kind of looking forward? I mean, it's a, it's a broad question, I know, but uh, more of the same in 2018. Do you think he'll try and ramp some things up? Uh, you know, do you think this time next year we'll be speaking in, like, uh, shelters because we'll be, you know, nuclear fallout from this war between them and North Korea. I mean, I don't know. What can you predict? Is it even a thing you can predict? Well, I think that healthcare is probably going to be attacked again. Um, probably education as well. It seemed like it was, was it, uh, who was the, the woman that was put at the head of education and had never even oh, stepped in a public yeah, school? Yep. So that's probably going, they're probably going to defund um, public education to an extent. Um, but, yeah, I think that also environmental, I mean, we've already seen that he's pulled out of the Paris Climate Agreement. 
Um, but yeah, I, I can see things escalating with North Korea as well because Trump just does not have a diplomatic bone in his body and it takes a, quite a bit of um, delicacy when you're dealing with someone like you know, an, a, an egomaniac like Kim Jong-un. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to to kind of almost make him seem sometimes normal in comparison with Trump going on is a bit weird, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting, I guess, to keep watching it. I mean, um, has this, I don't think I've really asked you this question before, Paul, but kind of with him being in power, does that make you want to go to America more or less? I mean, does it change your viewpoint on maybe visiting uh, the USA at all? Uh, yeah, definitely. I I mean, visiting probably wouldn't be too bad, but I wouldn't want to go and live there at the moment. Um, that's just me personally, but... I yeah I feel like the just the well I haven't been there but the environment it seems like it's a very um, divided country at the moment mm-hmm. and there's a lot of tension between people but maybe that's just me watching television mm. but it does seem like people really at each other's throats in terms of this kind of political divide. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely kind of is the case. I mean, outside of Trump, I mean, I guess, just how's your year been in general, Paul? He's a broad question for yourself, um, you know, musically, running and stuff. <laughs> that's that's a great yeah. way of explaining it. You've had a pretty decent year, haven't you? Yeah, it's been pretty good. I've, uh, yeah, done well. Um, I have a job interview this afternoon. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so, yeah, everything going well. Um, yeah, but the, uh, the thing is I have like two months break now, so. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the sad thing about, uh, well, not sad thing, but I guess the kind of thing about being a teacher, or at least training to be one, is that you, um, you know, you kind of get all these school holidays off, right? Like that's kind of, is that the perks of the job or is that a bad thing to you? Do you wish you were kind of working? I'm sure that when, when I'm actually working and when I've, you know, spent 10 months of the year flat out that I'll love those holidays. But at the moment, I'm kind of raring to go. I want to get in there and it's kind of like, well, two months and then you have to wait and get a you know job. I was, I was initially looking at just doing some relief work and stuff, but I thought, oh, no, I'm only got, there's only like a week left of the school year, so I'd have to wait. But this is good. If I can line something up the, the next year, that would be great. Now, now, refresh my memory as well. You're not a Christmas fan, are you? So there's no point really me asking you what you do for Christmas. I remember having this conversation with you in studio once, and you said you just you're just not someone who's into Christmas, right? Yeah, I just don't like Christmas. I'll still I'll go with Caitlin to her family um, Christmas lunch, but I'm not a big Christmas guy. I don't know. I just just growing up, I never really got into it mm-hmm. that much. So. I've had a conversation with a few people about that recently. It's just, I guess, it's, you know, it's how people are. Some people, you know. Um... Yeah, I reckon if you have, like, a big family and you, you know, you went and did something during Christmas, you probably have that kind of nostalgic thing where you yeah. really want it. But I just never really had that. So I, it doesn't really mean that much to me. And I'm not Christian, so. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, speaking of, like, nostalgic and things like that, this is, again, just an on-the-spot question for you. I'm just going through the numbers here, I feel, Paul. But uh, are you a Star Wars man? Are you, you going to go see The Last Jedi, or is this, again, something you don't really care about? Oh, well, I love Star Wars. I love, like, the original, like, 4, 5, and 6, and I think even, like, the prequels had their moments as well. But the last film, The um, Force Awakens. Force Awakens, I hated the fact that it essentially was just a rehash of Episode Four. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably just I'm probably not going to go to the cinema to watch it. I'll well, probably watch look, it on Netflix. I can tell you, having seen it, that um, 
yeah, it's the Force Awakens is better. <laughs> and I wasn't the biggest Force Awakens fan. So, um, yeah, I, I look at the time of recording this, we haven't done any sort of reviews or anything yet for the Oz Network. And I'm just dying to talk about it because yeah. Noah and I had some, yeah, we were, I, it's the one time I've left a Star Wars movie and gone, hmm, I don't know if I like that. So yeah. it's, and it's weird because like, I'm a prequel defender. So, um, and it's a controversial opinion, but I'm going to say that all three of the prequels movies were better than The Last Jedi. And I'm sure I'm probably going to yeah. start with I mean, you take Hayden down Christensen. You take Hayden Christensen out of the prequels and they're all right. I mean, Hayden Christensen had his moments. Oh, I don't I, Like, he, moments, he Paul. Moment. Not all of it. <laughs> Zero chemistry between he and Natalie Portman. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. Um,. Right. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I I rewatched all the films in the lead up to seeing the Last Jedi, and like to me, every time I watch the prequels, I just it's, it's weird that I, I feel like you know when you really like something, you just feel like defending it. Uh, and I guess we always have our you know like each generation really in the last you know forty years has their own Star Wars. Like for our parents, their Star Wars is the original trilogy. Our yeah. Star Wars, people of our age, it is the prequels. And I guess kind of you know millennials and younger people now, their Star Wars is going to be this sequel trilogy. So uh, I feel, you know, there's that nostalgia factor and you connect it. Because, you know, I remember all the hype around the prequels. I remember going to see them multiple times, you know, and kind of all things like that. And, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I remember, I remember going to the cinema and seeing The Phantom Menace. Was, I loved it when I, cause I was a kid. I mean, yeah, and same. everyone was bagging out Jar Jar Binks. We were the target like, audience. We love Jar Jar yeah, Binks. Exactly. I was thinking, this is, this is awesome. What are you talking about? But, I mean, if you're an adult maybe the same things that kind of resonated with you when you were a kid. I mean, everyone loved the Ewoks. It's that kind of thing where these things that are supposed to be, you know, if you're a kid, you, you enjoy those kind of things. But maybe when you're an adult, you don't, it doesn't hit the same spot. I have to say, though, the big kid inside of me just did get reignited. I, I'm, a, I'm a Porg defender. I don't know if you kind of saw any hype around the Porgs going into this last Jedi. Oh. They're kind of like the new Ewoks, I guess, these, these bird sort of things. But um, the Porgs are awesome. The best scene in The Last Jedi, and without spoiling it, there's a scene between Chewbacca and the Porgs, which is fucking hilarious. So um, yeah. there's that. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, absolutely on it. And this feels weird me saying this because, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I think that Star Wars is a any Star Wars film kind of you need to see in the cinemas just because it's Star Wars. But, like, I would say to you, yeah, maybe don't necessarily rush out to see. I mean, I'll probably see it again just to see if it changes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think you kind of might be onto something there, Paul. Don't necessarily go and see it if, you you know, you're not kind yeah. of that impressed by The Force Awakens. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's. I was sceptical as well, the fact that it's Disney as well. I mean, that's eventually going to catch up with it. They're going to have, they're going to influence a fair bit. I, yeah. I like the fact that George Lucas was somewhat independent the thing with George Lucas, though, is whether you hate him and you hate the prequels and kind of things like that, the guy was a genius when it came to, like, uh, you know, creating these worlds and these unique planets. There's nothing unique about any of the locations in the in the sequel trilogy. I mean, there's one in The Last Jedi which is a bit different, but even then it's kind of... It's only so small and it's kind of... We've kind of picked out plot holes with this whole storyline that didn't even have to happen. And then kind of there's this sequence on this planet, which kind of turns into something like, like from Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. It's kind of like, well, what are we watching here? Um, so, yeah, like George Lucas, though, like you do watch the prequels and you, you kind of think about like, you know, Naboo's very unique. Like, uh, you know, uh, was it Mustafar, the volcano one? Uh, there was that yeah. water planet in Attack of the Clones. Like, you know, you think about The Force Awakens, you know, Jakku is just Tatooine. You had, you know, the forest planet, yeah. which is just Endor. 
Um, you know, there, there's nothing unique. And, of course, clearly Starkiller Base on a snow planet, that's hot, and it's just the Death Star built into it. So... Um, yeah. <laughs> it's that's there's no unique planets in these new sequels, and there's no unique landscapes or aliens. Like at least George Lucas had that for him. Yeah, I think that because George Lewis was essentially like the auteur who was yeah. crafting this new thing, and I mean he was taking risk, he was doing whatever he wanted. Now you've got someone who's kind of inherited the legacy; they can't take any risks because there's obviously there would be a backlash. But also, Disney don't want don't want them to take risks; they want to just cash in on the Star Wars kind of franchise. So they kind of, they can only really um, exist in that kind of the universe that's already been created rather than crafting new um, new things, essentially. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And as someone who's just caught up with all the Marvel films, kind of another Disney sort of adventure, I mean, I guess, like, you can just see what they do with it. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of at least... You know, on the DC Marvel, you know, debate, at least I feel DC kind of does things a little bit more uniquely, um, whether you're a fan of them or not. I mean, I know that's a, that's another debate. But, um, yeah, anyway, uh, anything else going on? I mean, 2018, I guess, I know we talked about Essendon before, but, um, you know, I, I watched a press conference, was it, with Worsfold in the last week or so, where they're talking about potentially, you know, premiership tilt next year, Paul. What's going on here? This must be a weird time to be a Bombers fan. Well, they picked up some pretty good recruits in the trade season, so yeah, it could be all right. I, I just get that feeling though that the last, well, even before the kind of whole drugs scenario, we were, we were playing pretty well for the first half of the season, and then we just drop off. So I'm, I'm wondering if that kind of just that mental um, kind of factor is, is still a part of like the playing group. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it'd be great if they played well. Do you get the membership? Are you a member? No, 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 not that. Far. I mean, I, I'd have to fly over and. Do they you know. do they don't do the inter? Because I know, like at least Carlton do like an interstate one where, um, you can't like I mean, there's like levels, and I'm pretty sure I you because I know Geelong do it. Sam gets the Geelong one, but there's at least an interstate one where if you can't go to games, you only pay like I don't know sixty dollars. It's just to show your support, and you still kind of get all membership benefits and stuff. But um, I get a three game ones so like you know just by chance if i'm in melbourne you know i can go to three games so like there yeah. are there are tears like i know i understand like i mean obviously if you live in melbourne you get a full one and like you know but uh yeah. i don't know i just like supporting the club it's kind of a nice thing i guess yeah, yeah. you know officially a member are, are you a cricket man do you go to hurricanes games or anything along those lines no not a big not into cricket not into cricket no tennis i'm just ticking off the boxes here paul i feel like it's the end of the year we can talk about whatever yeah. <laughs> uh, no not not really. I'm kind of footy and uh, and athletics and stuff. That's about it. Yeah. Fair bit of time, yeah. Are you gonna? Well, it's like something like here's a question, like a legit one, like you know, Commonwealth Games. Is that something that you would like go and watch if you had the opportunity to, to like see the athletics? Or I mean, I guess is it yeah. Olympics or nothing? Or would you be interested in the Commonwealth Games? I, it's all right. I mean, it would be. I, I think it's a good kind of developmental thing for athletes. I mean, it gives especially Australians because, I mean. The qualification standards are a little bit lighter on than the Olympics. Um, so I think it's a good thing for athletes who are kind of coming through the ranks to kind of give them something to aim for. Um, and also, I mean, it's a good way to showcase talent as well because it's not as deep. The fields aren't as deep. Um, so it gives people who have obviously, especially in sports like athletics, who 
don't necessarily get that much kind of exposure to actually get a bit of exposure. Yeah, when Australia actually might have a chance in the 100 metres, you know, that's kind of a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the Commonwealth Games just because, you know, I always say it's kind of, this is what America feels like at the Olympics. That, you know, we can wake up each day and you've got the news and it's like, disappointing day for Australia. We only won 12 gold medals yesterday. Very disappointing, you know. It's like the Olympics, yeah. we win two bronze. It's an amazing day. Well, it used to be. At least it's kind of probably changed now. But, um, you know, yeah, the Commonwealth Games, it's like we don't win, like, 30 gold a day. It's a bad day. <laughs> yeah. The thing with, with athletics, though, is, like, in the distance running, you've still got Kenya. True. You know, you've still got Uganda as well. So, Well, Jamaica uh, are still there for the sprinting, even if Bolt's not there. I guess yeah, you've still got Jamaica, exactly. though. Yeah, so it's still fairly tough in some events. But then again, uh, I mean... In the marathon and things like that, I don't think many Kenyans who are like the top guys would want to waste because they'd probably only do one or two marathons a year um, and they probably don't want to waste that on a Commonwealth Games where they don't really get paid much. Mm. It's also not that prestigious an event. They're not going to run a fast time either because it's summer and there's no pacemakers. Well, England are pretty good. And like, I mean, um, what's his name? DeGrasse, the Canadian, the what the basically yeah. the second, third fastest guy in the world. He's He's just announced he's coming to it. So... I mean, yeah, he's yeah. basically got the 100 metres sewn up, surely, doesn't he? Unless what... Uh, who's that other Jamaican dude? Um, not Oh, uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> I can't remember his name. Yeah, you, I've got his face in my head. Oh. I just can't remember his name. His nickname's The Beast. Yeah. But, he, I mean, I don't know if he's still coming or not, but, I mean, it still kind of should be at least slightly interesting. I mean, I, I'm, I like DeGrasse or DeGrasse, whatever his name is. You know, just talking to Colin. He's, he's a big fan of his too. So, you know... That's uh, that's something for us to look forward to in the hundred meters with no bolt. Yeah, he's pretty young as well. So yeah, who is that guy? That uh, that's annoying me. That Jamaican dude. Let's, oh. let's quickly Google it. Jamaican sprinter that's not bolt. <laughs> well, Asafa Power is getting on now as well. So there's him, but there's the other. Oh, what's his name? Um. Yep. Yeah. Um. Hmm. This is great, isn't it? Um. Uh, you type in. Jamaican sprinter that's Bolt, and every single thing that comes up is about Usain Bolt. That works. <laughs> there we go. Uh, anyway, this we'll be here all day if we're trying to find the name of this one. Uh, um, Johan Blake. Johan Blake. Okay, there we go. All right. Good job. There you go. Thank you very much. There we go. We weren't here all day. Uh, Paul, pleasure as always having you on the show. Thank you for everything you've done here in 2017. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to getting you back on in uh, 2018 and uh, talking Trump and everything else in between. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, enjoyed it. Probably been about three months, I think, since I've had this uh, gentleman on, since a uh, certain football team won a grand final. Uh, but we do, of course, always introduce him as the man who helped found this show. He's the co-man, the everything. Without this man, we wouldn't really be here talking and shit. I may have continued the brand on, but he's still the brand because he is Joshua Shoebridge. Josh, welcome back to the brand. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. How are you this evening? Oh, look, you know, yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm talking to you. How about yourself? Yeah, no, I'm a bit tired, but I'm good. I'm good. Well, that's that's not good that you're tired, but it's good that oh, you're good. Oh, it's bloody almost midnight, mate. Bloody ice! It's like, goodness <laughs> me! Um, I know. Now, I guess we probably should get into this. <laughs> We're going to talk about everything. <laughs> it's our last time we get to talk for the year, but... Um, Right now, if you are listening to this and you have not seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, 
just skip for, I don't know how long, three hours maybe, depends on how long this episode is. Um, just, just just give it a miss until you've seen it. You, you, you have our, our permission to leave. <laughs> I mean, if go you... and stop living under a rock and go see <laughs> Star Wars. And if you're a cheapskate, burn in hell. <laughs> because I guess kind of we've had a spoiler-free episode on the Oz Network. We're doing a spoiler line, but this We're going to have to talk spoilers. But So anyway, Josh and I have seen The Last Jedi. We're both big Star Wars fans. Uh, and I feel we both are having varying opinions on this film because I saw your post and you seem to really have enjoyed this. Uh, I potentially have not did. quite as shared your same viewpoints. Um, give, give us your take. Go on, hit, hit me with it. Okay. okay, it was different. That's the thing. And I think a lot of people are going to be turned off because it was a really different Star Wars movie. It's different feel, uh, different sort of... Uh, storyline, there were a few things that happened in it that not many people would be even expecting to happen. It's like, it, not to the level of like, um, no, I am your father. It's of the whole. When? Who? Crap. <laughs> That's like, like for me, it was, I, I really enjoyed the humor, especially uh, at the start with, with Poe Dameron in parking the X-Wing in front of the Star Destroyer and going, uh, can, uh, holding for Kylo Ren. I thought that was funny, and I, I quite enjoyed that bit. And then um, I, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed how they did that. Like the moments after the end of the Force Awakens, when Luke's taking the lightsaber, and then just throws it over his shoulder. I thought that was crack up. Yeah, look, I was not a fan of the humor. I thought it was too forced, and it did not feel natural for the most part. And I mean, there were some bits that were, like, the, the Chewie and the Porg scene was hilarious. I laughed my little ass off at that scene when he's, like, cooking, well, when the, he's, when, when he's cooking yeah. the Porg and the poor little Porg going, rah, rah, and, he's like, and he's just shoving him aside and they have that really, like, that's going to be a gif. We know that's going to, like, be a gif when that eventually comes out on, you know, Blu-ray and everything. But um, there's just yeah. some, like, yeah, that Poe thing kind of was a bit funny at the beginning. Um, like, I, I, I didn't laugh as much as some people did in the cinema. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, but like, I don't know, there was just some stuff like the bits I found like really funny, like outside of the shoe, like I loved kind of the general Huck stuff at the end when, uh, sort no, of when he was getting, uh, pushed, beat up, pushed like out Kylo of the way. Ren. And there was, there was a bit there where like Kylo Ren said like an order and Huck's just repeated it and everyone just looked at him as if to say like, dude, Kylo Ren just said that. Um, uh, and I think that I had a bit of a chuckle when, um, at the end when they're all like trying to find a way out and they're kind of all turn and look at Leia and she's just kind of like, well, what are you looking at me for? Listen to him. Like, you know, that was kind of funny, but I didn't really like the whole bit where Luke threw the, the lights. Cause to me, that was just kind of like Ryan Johnson going, okay, force awakens didn't happen. Like that's ruined that epic ending. And let's just have him throw it. Like, I don't know. I just kind of felt like, oh, okay, well take away from that epic ending of the force awakens. And, this this whole movie just did not feel like a Star Wars movie to me. It just no, and that and that's because it was really different. And I I understand what you're saying, but there were things about it that like there there were parts of it where they made Luke Skywalker seem like this crazy old man in the flashbacks, especially when oh, Kylo Ren did like his flashback about him. And and but if you notice that each flashback was different. Yeah, it was like I get why they had to do it. Because we had 30 years of stuff and we want to know what happened. But, like, we didn't have flashbacks in A New Hope to, you know, Anakin, you know, Darth Vader and kind of the things that are mentioned through Obi-Wan. We just had it through word of mouth. And it just, flashbacks yeah, no, are not uh, part of a Star Wars movie. Like, then there's that whole... Uh, and, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
I, I get what you're saying. I, 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 as I said, that's probably one of the negative things for me was the flashbacks. Was, was that like, I didn't like how they made Luke. This really, he Luke did not seem like Luke to me for no. probably a quarter of the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It's and the thing is, like, I don't know if it, and like Mark Hamill's amazing. I love Mark Hamill, but I just don't know if Mark Hamill has become so much of a character himself through the media. That to me, this wasn't Luke Skywalker. This was Mark Hamill, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's but, it, I know, but maybe it's me- more so in real life. Mark Hamill's become Luke Skywalker. I don't know, but like, if you like, I, I don't know if you did, but like, you know, rewatching all of them just before you go and see it, like, like he's even through the original trilogy, he's kind of different in each film. But you get the progression. Like he's kind of annoying little, you know, farm boy kind of, you know, guy in a new hope. He's kind of in the middle training Luke in uh, Empire, and then he's kind of, you know, mastery Jedi, cool sort of aura guy in in, Je- in Return of the Jedi. And then it's kind of like when we kind of have this great appearance of him in The Force Awakens with, you know, this great cliffhanger, then kind of we just get it thrown away by what? Him throwing a thing over his shoulder, sucking off some nipples of a giant cow thing and, like, cowabunga yeah, that was dude. Cool. Like, I don't know, there was just something about it. And, like, even the scene when he's, like, with Ray and, you know, she's all like, I can feel it, I can feel the Force. And he's, like, dangling a reed on it and he slaps her. Like, it's kind of like, I mean, are they maybe going for a bit of, like, playful Yoda from The Empire Strikes Back? But even but then, the like, Yoda, it, just, it turned Yoda, weird. But Yoda did stuff like that, too. And that's, you got to think, who trained Luke? It was Yoda. Yoda trained Luke. And and, that, and that's, I think, like, those little bits was like, that. yeah, that was him channeling Yoda. And for me, in that scene there where he was training Ray, like, the first le- from the first lesson, he started becoming more Luke to me. And then he, he finally came back fully. When Yoda, yeah, look, came. Look, I'm not going to take away from the Yoda scene. The Yoda scene was great. Um, Yoda looked weird, though. Can we both agree that like they kind of went for some weird CGI version of what he looked like in the original trilogy? And he just, yeah, and, I, and that that did do my head in. I'm like, mm, come on, you could have just, you could have just done the CGI from the prequel. Oh, oh I'm sure they've got a puppet sitting around somewhere at Lucasfilm that they use in freaking Jedi. I mean, I don't know, but like. I, lo- I love the Yoda scene, and like I actually kind of, the way they filmed it, I was expecting there to be an Obi-Wan or an Anakin appearance, because the way kind of Luke was looking around, I was thinking, like, you know, oh, are we going to get, like, old Obi-Wan or Hayden Christensen? Like, like really, really, really? And I'm like, oh, boo. Um, but, yeah. But I was, ha- I think I think it needed to just be Yoda. Yeah, because I mean. Because Yoda was, yeah. was the trainer. Obi-Wan was the guide. It would have been interesting if Darth Vader or Anakin came back. Which look, to, I to honest, talk to someone, which would be really interesting. Look, I would love it because, like, I'm telling you, every time I watch the prequels, I become more and more of a prequels defender. I really, really do. And don't, don't get me wrong, the only one I don't like is when I say don't like, I, I, I would still watch it, and that's Phantom Menace. I love Attack of the Clones, and I love Revenge well, of the Sith. I tweeted out after I watched Phantom Menace, probably this time last week when recording. I actually tweeted, I'm like, it's really actually not that bad, and I was like, controversial opinion number two. Jar Jar really isn't that bad, <laughs> um, but but you got to remember, and, and I think a lot of people forget when uh, Attack uh, when uh, Phantom Menace came out, it was meant. Well, you and I were for, the same age; we didn't it, know we, each other. We were both yeah. twelve, though. But like, I mean, we were the target audience when that came out, so we fucking yeah, loved well, that's it. That's it. We were, and that was what George Lucas was going for. I have a target audience; it's the kids, and kids are going to grow up loving Star Wars. And I can I see that now with. 
Alex. Alex loves Star Wars. He is so into he just anything Star Wars he's into. And Gabriel is becoming the same way. Now keep in mind, Gabriel can't talk properly. Yet when he sees Star Wars, he he hums the song mm. because he he gets excited. I had uh, Clone Wars, the the um, the television show on TV for him this afternoon, and as Gabe's walked into the lounge room, he's pointed at the TV and he's just squealed in excitement mm. because Star Wars is on TV. Yeah, and I'm going to take Alex to go see um, the Last Jedi because I know. He would love it because of the silly humor in that. And, and I think there's a few things in that movie that are targeted to kids a little, a little bit older than Alex. Alex is only three. But they're, they're, you've got to remember, they're, they're, they've had to – the new movies aren't just for the fans. No, I realize like, that. Us. Star Wars has always they're, been technically kids' movies. I do understand that. And – like, then you get something like Rogue One, which is incredibly dark and incredible. I, I, I felt very conflicted into letting Alex watch it because of like, everyone dying. It was like, he's, he's a Shakespeare spoiler. version of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, speaking of death, I, had, I was not in any way prepared for it was Snoke's. Well, I thought you were about to say Admiral Akbar. Can we just gel on that for a second? That they killed old Admiral Akbar off off screen? They just ran a passing comment. Oh, Admiral Akbar died. Oh, okay. Thanks for that, Star Wars. Um, yeah, Snoke's was like, look, I, I want to, yeah, criticism. And like, I feel good to be able to talk about this on the episode because again today, kind of, we recorded the spoiler for everyone, so we're gonna have to sidestep around stuff. But hmm. the thing that annoyed me about kind of the two big reveals in this film. Because the two biggest top topics of debate in Force Awakens was who is Snoke and who are Ray's parents. We both got reveals for them in this film, sort of. At least with Ray's parents, no, we no, did. No, but Snoke, no, no we did. Well, we kind of. <laughs> no, 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 did. no, 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 no. Stop there. Stop there. There was no one hundred percent reveal on who no. Ray's parents. We'll talk about that in a second. Like, At all. I'll talk about that in a second. But like the thing that annoys me was Snoke, because Snoke, the way he kind of gets chopped in half, you get he gets Darth Mauled, um, like. We better get something in part nine explaining something about him. Because if that's it, if that's Snoke done, then fuck you, Disney. Because, like, that is okay. the biggest cock tease bullshit ever in Star Wars. Okay, and what I'm going to say here, and I think you aren't really into the expanded universe. Oh, well, there's Can aspects it... of well, it. Well, <laughs> like, when I say expanded, like, you played video games. Oh, well, I, I did. It... I just recently watched, for the very first time, the Clone Wars animated movie and the Ewoks that, movie and the holiday that's... special. <laughs> they're, they're not EU, mate. EU, Clone I'm Wars still like, is. Clone Wars is canon, mate. I'm talking about... The books and oh, the comics. Read, and that's reading like, for the, the nerds. So it's Star Wars, up. but whatever. <laughs> okay, there, there, there was a book series. That came, it's called the Thrawn Trilogy, and it's set directly after Return of the Jedi. It's about Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who uh, his character appears in Rebels. He's the Blue Admiral. Very, very. He's one of the most dangerous villains in Star Wars stories ever because he doesn't rule with power he doesn't he hasn't caused fear by being this great jedi ma or great sith master or whatever he has the loyalty of the men and that what's and that's one of the things that makes him extremely dangerous now uh in that uh in that whole thing in the in uh, Sh uh, Shattered Empire, which is the first book, it talked about this person who they found on this planet who was part of a 
project that was uh, a clone project of Emperor Palpatine. So when the, the way it was supposed to happen was if Emperor Palpatine died, a clone of him would come back. Bang. So Palpatine would essentially live forever as Emperor of the Empire. And there's there's talk about uh, – we already know that clones exist in the Star Wars universe. We already know that the technology and all that is there for it. And we also know that the dark side can create life forms that are not – natural life forms that they're created by the force we see that in clone wars when they go to darth thor and yeah. uh and and all that now snoke is has always been uh described as a force entity look i i, so I get all it, that to interrupt you i get all that like fine like great it's explaining the expanded universe i get that and the diehard diehard fans will get to know that but as somebody who kind of goes into this not knowing all that that it's like it's bullshit. I'm sorry, it is bullshit. And like I'm, I'm jumping yeah. out of turn in the fact that we might get the biggest explanation in part nine. So like it might be completely retconned, and we might not have this complaint. But like, like okay, why extend it over two films? Like think about this: if like Darth Maul has got all this stuff, and we're gonna have all this debate over Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, he's just chopped in half. Like, like at least with the Phantom Menace, as much as I'm sad that they killed Darth Maul because Darth Maul was awesome and he should have been in it more, and I know he's back technically in the animated stuff. That's a whole other story. But like, the fact that everyone he's... everyone kills him as an old man in Rebels. <laughs> but like, just saying, the fact that he, the... he comes back like he's killed off in one. Like you can kind of like it works. Whereas like, if you're gonna do what you do with him. Do this in one movie. Don't stretch it out. So we've got two years of debate. Who is Snoke? Or oh, maybe he's this. Maybe he's that. Maybe he's this. Maybe he's that. Just but to the, chop him in mean, half and then fuck you. Like, I just I just did not like how they did that. But the, the thing is, though, that's the thing about Star Wars. That is, anything that happens in the, in the movies creates debate. And that's the best thing about it. And that's like, you think about it, we're, we're having a really good conversation. We are. Right now, because we're debating things that happened in Star Wars, yep. and like, obviously, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I know there's bits that you thoroughly enjoyed. I can guarantee Absolutely. That there are bits. Absolutely, I, I didn't hate like, this. How, how did you? How did you feel when Luke Skywalker emerged from that big pile of blaster fire and just shook <sighs> off the dust off your shoulder? I loved it, but again, it was shit. The fact that you find out ten minutes later that it's all a vision and that he's a ghost or yeah, a, but, a but, thing. But you could, didn't but like you could, it. But you could, but you could tell, though. That's the thing you could tell. I didn't. He had. He had. No, no, okay. <laughs> but this is the thing. I, I was watching it, and when you go and see it again, you, you'll see it. He had Anakin's lightsaber. About 15 minutes prior in the movie, that lightsaber got destroyed when it got pulled in half by the Force between Rey and Kylo Ren. He also appeared younger. He had the darker beard and darker hair. Could have had a haircut. <laughs> No. And one of the questions was, how did he get in here? But yeah, like, I get that. But like, the thing that annoyed me about... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, there there, there were things that showed it. And I thought that was cool how they're creating more force powers, which I think is great. Maybe I'm dumb that I don't pick up on that. But the thing that I think would have worked cooler for that, because like, let's think about this, Josh. We technically do not get a lightsaber battle in this film. Not at all. Technically, there's no lightsaber battle in the entire Star Wars movie. A first. Did we get the line? And I want you to maybe back this up because I'm 90% certain we did not get a I have a bad feeling about this in this movie. I think there was. Because um, I was trying to work this out with Noah and we could not think of a moment. in Because to me, it's always obvious when you hear it. I'm pretty sure no, we didn't. No, no. no, and I think it came from Leia. 
I think. Uh, well, I'll, 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 that's one thing I'm definitely looking at. The other, but like, I just, I don't know. I just did not like this whole thing where all of a sudden his vision. To me, it would be more badass if he's not a vision and he shakes off all those lasers. He's like, yeah, I'm Luke Skywalker. Fuck you, bitch. And then like, it's kind of like this epic battle between himself and Kylo Ren would have been amazing if this is all like legit. And then like, I just did not like the fact that like. Is he dead? Like, he just disappears, like, Obi-Wan style. Like, okay, fine, I get it. Obi-Wan kind of died like that in A New Hope. Fair enough. But, like, this is Luke Skywalker. He's, like, the king of all Star Wars. He should get more of a death sequence. No, but that. But the point is, going back to to EU, that particular thing, when the Jedi disappear when they die, is a is a personal thing that they do. So it's about them willingly giving themselves up to the Force, knowing that, that like, you, you know when Obi-Wan says to, to Darth Vader, you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And he's referencing that, saying, you strike me down, I'm going to be with you forever. So why does it me down Why anger. don't all the ones after uh, Order 66? Because that's the thing, though. It's a, and this is all explained in uh, Clone Wars. The last three episodes of Clone Wars, when Yoda is going to a, um, and at the end of Return of, the, of Revenge of the Sith, too. You know when um, Yoda says to Obi Wan, um, "Training I have for you, commune with." Oh, which I hate that bit. I love Revenge of the Sith, but like I just, I never get that scene. <laughs> that's because that's because the whole disappearing Jedi thing is a force. Uh, I don't want to say power, but it is something that they do in the force and able to right. to retain their individuality when they die. Because okay. in, in 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 Jedi law, usually when they die, they are just they they. It's like you know in the movie in the movie Avatar when oh, they die, they go into forever. that big computer. Yeah, so but I vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same, that's the same sort of thing. Like their, their individuality goes into the force and it becomes more of the force. But in, they lose their individuality. And so the training that Yoda and Obi-Wan took uh, from the force were to retain their individuality. In, actually, in the comics, Luke Skywalker had more time to study this particular power. And when he, uh, when he eventually did die, uh, he, same sort of thing happened. He disappeared. Just like Yoda, just like Obi Wan, um, he willingly did it, and it was just so he could train more Jedi quicker, and that was the whole point of it. And this is the thing: when Ray says it was peaceful and with purpose, there is purpose. This Luke will be in the next Star Wars. Movie. Oh, I, I realize that, that he'll, he'll be in the next one. I'm not saying he wouldn't be, but it just and yeah. I think he's going to be more Luke. He's going to be more of an Obi Wan Luke as well. That and and I and I think that because J.J. Abrams is directing it. Thank to start God. with, and he and he and he does keep it truer to the source material. Yeah. Now the thing with Ryan Johnson, though, Ryan Johnson can take a Star Wars movie and make it different, and that's what he needs to do for the next three. Mo- He's been charged yeah, with doing know, a whole new trilogy, which is going to. F- uh, I think it's going to be focusing on the Old Republic, which is a, another set of awesomeness there too. Apparently, no lightsabers and, or whatever. Did I read that correctly? Which is like weird. Like that's like Jurassic Park without dinosaurs. Like, come on. No, 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 no. no. Old Republic. There was in the Old Republic there were lightsabers. Uh, so, so during the the Great Jedi Sith War, uh, 
the lightsabers were actually different. They had a, a battery pack that, that had a cable attached. So the battery pack would be in like a backpack and they would have their lightsaber would light up. And, and But before that, the, the Sith and the, like the Sith actually hated lightsabers. They invented them and they hated them. So they went back to using swords and they had swords that could actually deflect lightsabers. And I, there was something that happened between one of the, the Sith lords who... It made it so, all right, everyone's going to have a bloody lightsaber because we're going to need to kick the Jedi's butt. And then when the Jedi won the war, that's when they invented the rule of two. Because so, the Sith actually used to be a race of people, not just a, a chosen sort of, I'm going to the dark. So they were actually a race of people. There's, look, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I look, I didn't necessarily hate Ryan Johnson's style. I just... I feel that this felt disjointed in aspects because you had a new director. And yeah, I know that Empire had a different director. I know Return of the Jedi had a different director. And people complain that the sequels, the prequels are so bad because George Lucas did them all. But like... But the thing is, though, when you think of the original trilogy, yes, they had different directors, but they still had the influence of George Lucas. And I think that is something I think we can agree on, that Force Awakens and Last Jedi is missing. Well, look, I'll I'll get to that about the... Yeah, yeah, no, I'll get a exception about that. I just wanted to say, though, quickly, that, like, to me, like, I I don't hate The Force Awakens. I think it's a good film. But I still think that I wasn't as high on it. And, like, over the time, it's it's gradually... I not liked it more. And, like, when I rewatched it just before I watched Last Jedi, I was like, okay, you know, like, it's gone down a little bit. I still enjoy it. I still thoroughly enjoy uh, Force Awakens. Mm. But this made... Last Jedi made Force Awakens better to me. Like, this watching this, I'm like, oh, okay, I appreciate the Force Awakens more because of elements to it. What I wanted to say quickly, because kind of we're going, we're going to be here forever, but, like, um, just quickly on Ray's parents. I, di- I, I, I'm, I know what you're going to say. I 100% agree with you. I think there's more to it than the reveal. It was just the lead-up to it. So we kind of had all these little teasers then she goes into that little butthole in the ground, the dark hole thing, and then she's in the mirror, and then kind of you get like you see kind of these two figures, and you're like, oh, here we go, here we go, oh, it's an image of her. And then we kind of got like these great teasers with Kylo and who, like, Kylo Ren was the best part about this movie. I just want to say that. I fucking love Kylo Ren. Um, oh, no, he he is. And I, and I said this in The Force Awakens, he's an underrated villain. He's like the most complex villain we've ever had in Star Wars. But, like, I think kind of. I like that whole aspect where he's kind of like trying to get her on side. Like, I know who your parents are, Ray. Come to me, come to me. And then just kind of the way they're just kind of like, your parents were nothing more than junk traders who just dumped you. There's nothing to them. You've got no, like, I get it. I understand it. It was such a throwaway line that surely there's got to be more. Because again, that would be a similar thing to Snoke. If that's all it literally is, I'll be like, fuck you. That's that's on levels of Shmee went out and banged half the galaxy. Oh, no, he was he was created in my stomach. I don't know who the father is. Um, but that's a whole other thing. But, like, it's, it's just... I don't know. Like, I love the whole Ray Kylo, Ren stuff. I love their little connections that they could do kind of off planets. And, like, they had the most amazing chemistry. Those two need to bone already. Like, they just, like, would be an amazing couple. But, like, I got so many vibes in this film. Like, I, I never had any theories on Ray's parents. I wasn't one of these people who was like, oh, she's Luke Skywalker, oh, she's Han Solo. You know, I was never one of those. But watching this film, I for sure thought they were going to be like, Han Solo and Leia are your parents. I just was watching this going, when we, we're we going to get this reveal. Like, he's going to be like, Ray, I'm your brother. Like, you know. But that's the thing. It's going to be very interesting in the next movie going forward because you're not going to have Carrie Fisher in it. Which is, which is another thing which I wanted to discuss. Like, there were two scenes that I absolutely hated so much that I just cannot find any defense for. 
BB-8 was terrible in, the, in this movie. He was just so over-the-top ridiculous. And the scene when BB-8 controls an at-at to fucking destroy Phasma, fuck you. No, that is bullshit. <laughs> no, I thought that was crack. <laughs> that was bullshit. And the bit with Leia where she gets, like, blown up, and I'm like, oh, okay, they've found a way, like, this kind of it's sad, we don't want Leia to die, but you kind of am expecting something like this to maybe happen. But, like, she's floating in space, and she becomes no, a that, wizard that, that, that... to pull herself back in. When do the laws of space not exist in Star Wars? Can I just ask you this, Josh? Like, you go into it's... space, you die. <laughs> It's the force, okay? And yet you can pull that you pull that sound clip from Force Awakens with Han going, That's not how the force works. Yes. And no, but it actually does. There are there there is documented in Expanded okay, Universe. Okay. Of I, look, I, I understand that. I get that. It's, it's no different to like me watching the Marvel movies and not understanding something and then a comic book week's gonna be like, Oh well this is explained in issue seventy two of Captain America. It's quite clear as day. Like I get that. But like I think it's important for, like, more so Star Wars that this was a thing built on films and they've had an expanded universe built around it, whereas comic book movies are movies built around an already established universe. I think there's a difference. So I think that, like, I, I completely understand and it's it's fascinating as hell to learn about all these things that I don't know about. And believe me, I would love to delve into all this stuff. Like, I really would. But I kind of think it's important for a Star Wars film like, there's really nothing in the original trilogy, and I understand that was new then, and kind of things were being built around that as it got more popular. The prequel trilogy, very limited things that you kind of had to know already. I think kind of it's, like, it's it's a bit of a, like, I don't know. I just feel like you shouldn't have to know that the Force can make you survive space and turn into a fairy wizard and pull yourself <laughs> into a spaceship. Well, but, like, okay... The laws exist, Josh. How do you explain then when she's at the door, they open the door. There's no lock there. There's no um, capsule lock to block space out as they let her in to back into the freaking thing while they're standing there in space. <laughs> no, there, there was a... Um, oh, there was not. Don't give me that. There was an airlock. You check it when you watch it again. I, just, I hated that scene. Like, to me, like I'm like I love Carrie Fisher. I'm so sad she's dead. That tribute that they had at the end was amazing. I like when they played the Leia theme in the credits, that was just sweet, brought a tear yeah. to my eye. And I'm glad we got to see her in this film because she was amazing. I just feel like one thing that I have a problem with this as well is that I I came out of this theater, like every time I seen a Star Wars movie, it's like you're wondering like, yeah, what's going to happen next? Like Revenge of the Sith, you kind of, everything that you wanted to happen happened because you knew they had to leave it at a point where boom, we're into a new hope. And, like, Jedi, you kind of you get a nice conclusion. You know, Force Awakens left me like, oh, questions, I've got all this. You know, every single time I see Star Wars, you want to... I came out of this movie, I'm like, well, what is there for me to know in the next one? They've kind of done this. Like, okay. Yeah, there's well, no cliffhanger, well, there's the no everything. No, there was no cliffhangers, and that's the thing. They've never... That's actually an interesting thing. They've never had a, a mid-movie without a cliffhanger. Exactly. And and uh, it, it is as I said, it's it's a different thing. It's interesting, but it's also been left open, quite open, for the next movie to be a whatever it can be. But how are they and going to that... write Carrie Fisher? How are they going to write Leia? Are we going to get a death off screen? Are they going to go back on what they said about not using a digital version like Rebel, uh, Rogue One? Uh, because like to me, at least they should have. Like I, I think I read something that. You know, Ryan Johnson didn't want to alter the movie just because she died. Like, they were just going to leave it how it was. And fine. But, like, 
like to me that bit where she gets blown up in that the spaceship that would have been perfect to just well okay sadly Leia's dead folks like because well, everyone kind of would have enjoy... expected something like that. What I did enjoy that scene though was how Kylo Ren. Oh, that bit was good. Yeah, hesitated, yeah. and I thought that was. Wow, that's I agree. powerful. I, right I agree, but just the aftermath of that just really made me mad. And I don't want Leia that's... to die, but you kind of anticipated that she probably would. Yeah, well, that's the thing. There was a couple of, like, she, Laura Dern oh, and her could have switched. Okay? Yeah, and I, yeah, that, I, yeah that would... I'm with you there. Like, I actually okay, that, came that up with been, that. Yeah, that yeah. would have been appropriate. Yeah. And at, but at the same time, I think I don't know. It's it, it's hard to tell because you, that you needed that dynamic between Poe and her. True. That dynamic between her, like that, I think that was fantastic. Their chemistry was fantastic. I agree. And that that one scene, like I I love that bit when Laura Dern kind of you know suicide herself through with the the hyperspace. Then that silence, just that was epic. That was amazing. But um, that's one of the best explosions in Star Wars. I've got, I've got to say, like just rambling here, like I think kind of. I hated Rose. Rose gave me the shits. I did not like her. I did not... The penny long of the Star Wars universe. The thing that kind of irked me too is I just kind of think that, like, like Finn was kind of wasted in this film. Like, the whole Finn-Rose storyline was pointless. And it was kind of like... No, I think, I think that's leaving it open for a love triangle in the next but movie. But we've got, like, a love heptagonal going on here because you've kind of got... Finn's into Ray, Ray and Kylo doing it. You've got the rumors of Finn and Poe. You've got Poe and Ray having a bit of flirting. You've got Rose getting it on with Finn. Like it's just kind of you got this weird little group thing going on. Uh, whereas like you don't need that. Whereas it's kind of like you know original trilogy. It was Luke, Leia, and Han, and obviously he's always going to be Han and Leia. And then kind of you know the the prequels. It was just always going to be Padme and Anakin. Um, it's just like Star Wars like isn't. Romance. There's only ever one couple in Star Wars. You know, we don't need yeah. a will they, won't they between five different people. Um, well, they, well, they had that in the comic books between Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade, and that was quite an interesting thing because she was an assassin sent to kill him. I just the the, the whole thing with the the, the Finn storyline is that I worked out of how this doesn't even happen. Is the fact that the whole situation where kind of. Because, like, even the stuff, like, with the mutiny on the ship and then, like, one minute Laura Dern's doing this, then she's being held up, then no, then Leia comes in and Poe's doing this, then Poe was great, love Poe. But, like, the whole situation where then all of a sudden the plan is, oh, actually, these pods are cloaked so they can't see us, so we can sneak away, even though, like, can the Empire and the the First Order not just look out the window and go, hey, what are those spaceships? Um, but, like... Well, that's ended up what happened because they started getting shot. But, but no, they, they get found out because Benicio Del Toro tells them. So, like, if you have this whole plan where that's your plan from the beginning and you don't need to go off and get a guy who can crack the safe, if that's their plan the whole time, erase that whole storyline out, just go on the ships in the first place, but you the, don't get found out, I... you sneak away to your red, red salt planet and you're done. But the thing is, though, the whole Benicio Del Toro arc was not even known by Leia or... Um, I, I know, I understand Laura, that, I understand that. That, that was but, a secret. But, 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 it's because they didn't know. But I they understand that, but why, do they, why does Leia and all that need to be secret about the skate pods and reveal it to Poe, who at the end of the day was fine with the plan? <laughs> so as soon as he was told the plan, he was like, oh yeah, that's a good plan, let's go. <laughs> yeah, but Leia was unconscious. But Laura Dern still kept... knew. Because <laughs> she it was her plan, so she didn't need she to was... lie. <laughs> She was a bit of a bitch towards Poe. Have to there was flirtation between those two. They wanted each other. Um, but the the other thing too is um, going back to the George Lucas point is mm. no matter what people say about the prequels, 
each prequel at least was imaginative with its locations. Say what you want about Naboo. Naboo is a beautiful planet. You have Mustafar, beautiful planet. That water planet in Attack of the Clones, like they were unique. You remember them. What location have we... The only one is Luke's Island Planet. That's a cool location. But what... No, I, we, no, 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 no. I disagree. I, I really like Crate, and that was the, the, the salt planet. I actually thought that was... <sighs> that was interesting. I mean, it was an interesting I, idea, but, like, I don't know. It was just one field with a door. It wasn't like the whole planet we get to see. Like, I don't know. You can't see a whole planet, but, like, you know, you kind of get an idea that Mustafa... I know that's technically a moon, but, like, it's... I, I feel like... Like, I, I read an interview with George Lucas saying that kind of, like, his idea was to make each of these different when the the locations. And even the characters, like, what unique aliens do we get in this? Like, uh, what's her name? Moz. Like, what was even the point of her being in this movie? It was dumb. Um, and, like, the side aliens are just kind of, they're not memorable. Like, the casino stuff was kind of fun. It was kind of like James Bond in Star Wars. But even that, like, that whole sequence of those weird horse things, that, to me, was out of Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. That did not fit in a Star Wars movie. Well, it was different, because, like, when have you ever seen those planets that benefit from the war? Yeah, I know, but then it made no sense when you had that ship with the hologram where it's all of a sudden, well, actually, they're not just building it for the First Order, they're also building it for for the Resistance. Like, what? Whose ship? What is this? Like, it just, it just yeah, didn't make sense to me. Well, the thing I, I, I enjoyed about that was you, you were seeing a different side to like the war profiteering and all that. And I, I, I didn't like Benicio Del Toro's character i actually didn't like that that was one of the things i didn't like because mm. i thought it was it's it was too put on it wasn't needed um but what i what i did like about it was uh, I, well it was a really small thing was that how they it was showing how blind to the plight of the galaxy people were and it's like it, it like it's gone from these rebels getting chased by and uh, the first order to they're parking on a public beach and you can't park on a public beach. <laughs> that was it? dumb. The only reason they're getting chased is because they misparked. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was it was, but it, but you know you know what I mean though. It, yeah. it was showing a different sign, and I was like, wow, the half the galaxy is just. But you don't like dumb. I think a problem too is that like at least in each of the other trilogies, like. The original trilogy, you felt the grip of the Empire on the galaxy. You felt the urgency that it took for the Rebels to have to change it. The the prequels, you felt kind of this level of openness, but this kind of corruption that was going on, and then this, you know, blockading and fighting that, that kind of led to what happened. Like, this, like, this is an issue I have with the sequel trilogy, is why do we have to have the First Order and the Resistance? Like, there is no reason to not still have the Empire and the Rebellion. Like, the Rebellion would have taken well, control they, of the they, galaxy. They would have been called whatever. And then it should be about the, the Empire forming the pieces to come back again. Like, I don't get why we need First Order mixed with all this Nazi paraphernalia. Like, Hux is just a cartoon character basically he's like a james bond villain i I don't hate hux but he's just he's just he's just a james bond cartoon character villain who's a who's hitler with red hair (laughs) the one that was wasted in this movie was phasma oh i agree 100 100 i love phasma in both movies she's been in just wasted 
Oh, no. And that's the thing. I think they really need to focus on having those three work together at kicking ass. I agree. I agree. Because, like, I, I, I'm a Stormtrooper fanboy. I love Stormtroopers. And, like, I just, I like this idea of kind of this, like, general kind of chrome-plated, like, badass of a Stormtrooper who, what did she do in both movies? Like, it was pointed out to me today by Colin uh, when we did our spoiler, spoiler review. Never thought about it this way. Everything that happens in the conclusion of The Force Awakens is Phasma's fault. So, like, she, yeah. she's, like, the badass kind of, you know, this, that, and everything else. But, like, I don't know if you've ever watched the How It Should Have Ended cartoons on YouTube, but there's, like, the funny one they do for The Force Awakens is when they're, they're holding all the guns to Phasma's head, like, do all the shields, and she just sort of looks at them, she's like, all right, alert everyone, and you're in trouble, and all these people, like, point guns at Han Solo and Finn, and they're like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, so, well, that's exactly right. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, before we finish up, though, like... Oh, you can name at least three things you enjoyed about Borgs. the movie, correct? You love like the, the Porgs. Love. I'm looking at one right now. I bought a toy yesterday because I fucking love the Porgs. <laughs> Are you being serious? I'm 100% serious. Look at my Instagram and Facebook. I posted it yesterday. I love the Porgs. All right. Oh, what, why? What, what? What is it about? They're the just Porgs? cute and fun. Like it's. I mean, I'm an Ewok fan. Like I think people hate the Ewoks, but I love the Ewoks. Um, like I don't hate the. Ewoks. I think they're cool. But it's like. I don't know. I just was expecting this to be like this Jar Jar Binks level of fan hate, but like they just they just worked. Like they just kind of all they are are like birds on Luke's island, and then we just kind of get yeah. random shots of them. And then I just loved so much that Chewbacca scene with them. And then I just kind of liked it when they just randomly show up on the Millennium Falcon because yeah, they've nested there, and um, yeah. I I just loved them. I just loved the Porgs. I just thought they were fantastic. They're just cute little critters, and I want one. Um, yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah. They're, well, they're penguin sort of like owl. penguin chicken thing. owl thing, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. Well, what's another one? I love the yeah the the Laura Dern sort of uh, sacrifice scene. Uh, oh, actually, I'll, mm. I'll say about I forgot to mention the bit with Finn as well. As I didn't like his kind of. I think it would have been fitting if he sacrificed himself without getting saved by Rose. That was dumb. I didn't like that. Uh, and the no, fact that Rose that saved people, but then the fact that Rose didn't die, <laughs> like she's dead one second, then she's alive. Like what? Just kill her. The whole the Rose thing just felt forced because it's like we're meant to care for her sister, and then all of a sudden we barely know her, and then it's like Rose. And uh, also, I didn't like the fact that kind of Han Solo was completely ignored. Where's the Han Solo funeral scene? Like, come on, like you know. Yeah, that was something that that, that was um, leaked. Yeah. But well, you never know. Like anyway, you, you don't know. You, you asked me what I liked, not what I disliked. Um. Yeah, the Porgs, like, Laura Dern bit. Uh, I mean, the space battle at the beginning was fun. That was, you know, really, you know, tense and well shot. Um, mm. You know, the, the final battle was sort of okay with kind of, like, all the, the, the those unique sort of battle cruiser things that they had. Um, you know, and the Luke, like, that Luke badass one was awesome. It just, to me, just kind of loses a bit of its spike because it was just, you know... He, I love the Yoda cameo. That was great. Um, and, like... The, the greatness about that, too, is that Frank Oz sounds still the same, whereas there's something wrong with Anthony Daniels' voice. Like, C-3PO sounds off to me. Uh, and C-3PO... No, and I R2, didn't get that one, actually. C-3, I, I, you didn't get that? No, but I, I do think they needed to be more R2-D2. Oh, R2-D2 is just pointless. And C-3PO kind of had one sort of funniest scene, but what happened to his red arm? That kind of went away. Like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, they, I, I don't get that bit, but... but one of the things I did like, I did like that little, um, you know, the the chat between R2 and Luke. Oh, that was, not, yeah, that, no, that you're right. I'll, I'll put that in there too. Because like that, and the bit when like, you know, oh, I won't come back and he plays a, help me Obi-Wan, can open, and he's like, oh, now that's cheap. Like, that was nice. 
Yeah, and like it, it just shows that you know, because R two was his offsider for the entirety. And R two's got some memories because like he didn't get his brain raised like C three PO, so R two D two would remember everything from episode one onwards. (laughs) He's like, "You ain't there, man. You ain't there." He's got some PTSD going on. That's why he's all shut down. But um, also the 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 Luke Leia scene, even though it's kind of fake in a way, um, that was nice. It was. Because we and, never got a and, Han Luke scene, uh, which uh, that's another thing that annoyed me. Here we go, going on a rant. I hated when, like, they, like, Luke, I, I did like the kind of the funniness where, like, you know, Luke obviously doesn't speak in Force Awakens and he still goes about 10 minutes in this film without saying a word. Um, but I, mm. I, I kind of like that. I, I didn't like when he says, like, oh, where's Han? And they kind of just look and you never, like, I want, like, that reaction from Luke of Han dying. You just don't get it. They just kind of cut to the next scene and we're just, because we know what happened to him. But, like, this is Luke and Han. Like, we needed some sort of reaction. Like, I know he kind of says to Leia, like, I'm sorry about Han, but even, like, Leia kind of, she had one kind of, like, sulky scene where she's sitting around with a cup of coffee. But, like, even it just seemed mm. like this is legitimately within the space of, what, 10 minutes since it closed or whatever. Why isn't Leia still, like, distraught over Han? Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Han was just, oh, remember that awesome, like, you know, one of the biggest, most important characters in all of Star Wars who died in the last one in the biggest shock of The Force Awakens? Yeah, we're just going to forget about him. Yeah, but you got to remember, too, she she really didn't mourn for her home planet getting blown up. Well, that's she, true. That, 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 she... she, she She's a heartless bitch. You know that. <laughs> That's that. Uh, what but, was it? What was the um the was it everything wrong with Rogue One on YouTube? They had like the scene of um oh what's what's Jimmy Smith's character uh the older on dude um general oh, um Bal Organ Bal Organ yeah yeah I like like he says his line about something like um. Oh, I would trust her with my life or whatever when he has that line in Rogue One. Then they quickly cut to Alderon blowing up. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, look, I will say though, like one thing I was disappointed for, I am I'm, I'm still waiting for a Han solo trailer. Well, I thought I'm we were going to get that. I thought they were going to surprise us all and show us a Han trailer before this because um, we, I saw the midnight screening and, my God, they ripped out the ads and then even the trailers were shit. Like, I wanted to see my Jurassic World 2 trailer on the big screen. I didn't get to see it. Um, yeah, that, that's something I'm not excited for. Oh, blow it out <laughs> that, your mouth. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the trailer that they've did done, like, like, don't get me wrong, I love The Lost World. I thought, not Lost World, um, Jurassic World. I thought that was, that was, it was fun. It was such a fun movie. Chris Pratt does a great job in it. I am excited that Ian Malcolm's oh. coming back. That That's cool. But the trailer did not make me excited. I don't know why. I think that... It just didn't. Didn't get me excited. I think what the trailer's done is I think, and you can listen to this on our trailer reaction episode on the Oz Network, I think that they've kind of lumped a, just a small portion of the movie into one section because uh, a lot of this movie is supposedly set off the island and kind of what we've seen is them escaping the island with a volcanic eruption. Uh, so mm. I kind of think that this is maybe just going to be the midpoint of the movie and they kind of move off it. Um, because I, the thing I loved about the trailer is that it really gave me some Lost World vibes, and I think kind of it looks like they're using several elements from the novels that have never been used before, like the island getting destroyed, uh, dinosaurs off-island, which obviously was such an integral part of the first one and kind of why they had to rush back to the mainland, and just things like Mm. that. Uh, I think the fact that we've got Malcolm back is great, 
Um, and there's there's a big rumor happening at the moment that apparently uh, Sam Neill was spotted on set, and there's a rumor that there's going to be an Alan Grant oh. cameo. So uh, nothing's confirmed, but it was just there was a big that, rumor that going be, he was spotted. That would be so, awesome. Yeah, that would be that would be legit. Like the thing is, like I, like Jurassic World is again. You go back to our childhood. That that's a game. One of the big. Well, like, movie franchise. Yeah, I think as like, we established kind of ever. between Colin and myself and the Oz Network is like, and it's probably more so like with you, like with Star Wars as well, because you're very similar to Colin and your fandom know a lot more than I do. I love Star Wars, but you two are bigger fans of it. I think I'm that way with Jurassic Park, that I can look at it from a yeah. different, like how you would with Star Wars, because that's, you, that's you, my the, franchise. Like, you've read the books. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. Like, I, I understand that this start of the the first uh, Jurassic Park the book is is actually the start of the Lost World movie and oh there's a scene in not the exact start but there is a yeah 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 one yeah. of the opening bits yeah, but, of the book is the Lost World movie yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and I will say that the Lost World is well, I think is an underrated I was going to say that, very underrated movie it gets a lot of shit unfair criticism uh, Jurassic three, Park three I can see the criticism Jurassic Park three is just a popcorn flick it's just kind of like yeah it's there and they just recycle a lot of plots from the book it's got a lot of problems but it's still fun. Um, it was Jaws 3, that's all it was. Yeah, yeah, good comparison. Uh, and at least Jurassic World didn't turn into Jaws 4. Um, I think Jurassic I think Jurassic World is kind of getting that sort of um, Phantom Menace syndrome in the fact that when the Phantom Menace first came out, it actually was quite critically praised and everybody loved it. But as the years passed, it started to get ripped shit into. Jurassic World's slowly actually becoming kind of that. Like, there's a lot of criticism labeled at Jurassic World all of a sudden. Uh, and look, I, I read this very fascinating article kind of showing sort of scenes which actually make some valid sense about how, like, you think about Jurassic World, there's no fear in Jurassic World. All three Jurassic Park movies have elements of fear and tension. There's nothing really in mm. Jurassic World. Whereas, like, the trailer for Jurassic World 2, at least, because we've got, um, I've forgotten his name, we've got the, the guy who's known for his horror movies, we've kind of got such elements in that trailer of fear and tension, which is what Jurassic that- Park should have. Like, it's kind of, yeah, well, that's, like, I know technically it's kind of like a Star Wars, it's kind of aimed at kids, but in a way it's not, because, like, if you read the Jurassic books, Park they're very, never, ever... very gruesome. Well, Jurassic Park was rated M. It was not meant for kids. Well, I think they, that universal it, it, tone just, is down a lot. Well they, well, they pumped out the toys because they needed a dinosaur line, but you think about it, like, movies like Jurassic Park, not meant for kids, Robocop, the first Robocop is rated R. Mm. And yet... And that came out, they pumped out the toys because that's a futuristic cop. Kids will buy that. Yeah. But not like, I never watched Robocop, the original Robocop, until like four years ago. I've never seen it. And them. when I watched it, whoa, it's brutal. <laughs> it's like, do you, you think the Passion of the Christ is gory? I've never seen the Passion of the Christ either, but <laughs> it's not really my no, it, no, You know what I mean, though. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, the, it's, the one it's that I used to watch when I was younger that always grossed me out, and it's definitely not a kid's movie, Starship Troopers, just because there's limbs being chopped off every five seconds. I mean, I love the movie. It's great. Now, 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 now we, well, let's agree. You only watched it for the boobs, mate. We know no, that. No, because what's the name who you see your boobs isn't really... You don't see Denise Richards' boobs. So, I mean, you know... Interesting fact, though, the, uh, the movie... Starship Troopers is actually written by a Mormon. Is it? Oh, okay. I love yeah, well, that. And that's, that. Why, and that's why at the start, you know, when they, they go, the Mormons have moved to the moon of blah, blah, blah. Mm. Fort Joe Smith has been ransacked <laughs> by the bugs. Fort and Joe there's Smith. a, a, a fetching Mormon temple on the, on the, on the thing. And that, and that was a throwback to the writer. I, I love the fact that the, what's his name? The main star in that, um, oh, what's his name? Casper something or other. 
Um, he's basically done nothing in his life except live off Starship Troopers fame. If you follow his Twitter account, it's, it's hilarious. But um, I've actually interviewed think, somebody he, from Starship he, Troopers. Anthony Rebova, who's in Third Watch, he was actually in Starship Troopers. So I've interviewed somebody in that movie. <laughs> oh, the the other fellow who was in that um, movie, um, what's his name? Neil Patrick Harris guy. is in that movie, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, another underrated uh, underrated actor. Uh, no, the the guy who looks like his dad. Um, what's his name? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got the same like smile as his dad. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I've gone blank on his name. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll edit that in later. They'll yeah. be like fingering <laughs> Gary Sinise. Um, I mean, we've talked but for no. about nearly fifty minutes about Star Wars and a bit of Jurassic World, but Starship Troopers. I mean. Uh, this is the last time we'll have you on for the year, Josh. Um, I mean, how's Christmas looking for Mr. Shoebridge? What What is Mormon uh, Christmas like? M- much like everyone else's Christmas. You probably get that question all the time, and you probably just go, dude, it's just the same as everyone else's. <laughs> well, I, I got... Because the interesting fact is, like, yeah, like we we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate the holiday of Christmas, but we actually don't believe that Christ was born on December 25th. Right. So, but we but we celebrate Christmas because it it is a family time, and that's and that's the whole big thing about Christmas is about spending it with family and actually not being a dick. And the we we believe that Christ was born on April sixth, and during that time we actually have what what's called general conference where the entire church uh, it come together if if not physically but by via the internet and or or by satellite or, or by any means necessary and we have what's called general conference where we listen to the prophet we listen to the apostles and and it's it's always a like it's how we we would see that we, we should be spending it focused on becoming better people instead of you know getting fat and <laughs> eating chocolate and looking at houses with lights and all like Clark Griswold but um <laughs> But but the what? Because Christmas Eve is on Sunday, so Sunday we're we're just doing because usually our meetings are for three hours, so we'll just be doing our one hour meeting. I have been to your church before and know how long it does take. Yes, (laughs) so we're we're just going to be doing a sacrament meeting, and then it's family time after that. Um, And then on Christmas Day, I'll be just spending it with my family. I can see just essentially hanging out with my boys, essentially, is all I'm going to be looking at. That sounds fun. Um, yeah, oh, well, so to me it is, hanging out with the boys. No, I didn't mean that sarcastically. It probably sounded like it was, but I, I was just trying to kind of think of a funny thing to say with it, but it does sound like a nice time, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping to go for a spearfish, if I can get away. Well, and just, like, spear some porgs or something like that, or...? Oh, stuff you. No, I've, I've been getting back into my diving, so... Yeah, I've been walking so, and dining and, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, it's frustrating, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I put weight back on. It sucks. Yeah, well, I mean, I've just that's... kind of not given a shit this year and kind of was in America a lot in the last 18 months. So that's kind of done well for my diet, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Land of the free, home of the fat, but, you know, whatever. What about, what about you, What about you, Benny? What about what you me, doing? Josh? Is that kind of what you're saying? Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of do my regular, I guess, which, um, is, um, so Christmas Eve, generally the tradition that we've always kind of had is, uh, go out and look at Christmas lights, um, and have McDonald's beforehand. It's kind of that Christmas Eve night, but, um, yeah, and sort of like, we'll open up like a present, but it's, it's, it's going to be weird this year though, because like, I guess kind of this, I mean, last year technically was, but I mean, obviously, um, kind of my mum had just passed and kind of things were just, just not normal last year 
Uh, so, I mean, it kind of, I, not that they're really going to be this normal this year around either, but it's just, it's going to be weird because this is kind of my first, I guess, quote, normal Christmas uh, without my mum, uh, without mm. Louise. Uh, so, it's kind of, you know, I haven't even shopped yet. Uh, it's Friday the 16th, well, Saturday technically now is the time we're recording this. Um, and like what, we're 10 days out from Christmas, nine days and I've done any shit. I mean, I've got no one to buy shit for anyone. I'm, you know, whatever. Um, so, so I, I haven't even bought anything from Naomi yet. Yeah. Well, I mean like, it's kind of, I guess, you know, it is what it is, but so, um, yeah, Friday night, uh, Sunday night, I'll probably just do that by myself this year. Cause dad will be cooking for Sunday. Cause it usually just be mum, Louise and I will drive around. So it'll probably just be me this time. And then, uh, yeah, our Christmas thing is now we get up in the morning, open presents, uh, my... Uh, my sister comes over with, you know, kids and husband. My nan and my aunt will come over and have a big feast and kind of just do that. And then I used to then go around to Louise's parents' house afterwards. But, um, yeah, she's got a boyfriend can do that now, so I don't give a fuck. But pff, I'll just yeah, pff, recover. Just, just on that, just on that, you didn't really like her mum, though, did you? <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's an understatement. Uh, <laughs> she's a bitch. I can say that. She won't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> I think the same thing as mum just saying it <laughs> She would never listen to this either. Well, I've got a lovely email sitting in my uh, account somewhere of a very choice word she said to me after a lot of stuff that happened after the whole breakup. So, you know, whatever. And then she still had the audacity to message me when uh, my mum died to offer her condolences. I was like, go oh, fuck yourself, you dumb whore. But, um, yeah. <laughs> kind of hope she does listen to this now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It's, it is what it is. I mean, it's... Christmas has always, like, been my favourite time of the year, but... um. I really haven't had a normal proper Christmas since 2014 because 2015 I worked Christmas Day because I was at the Mercury. Uh, so things were a little bit higgledy-piggledy and there was other things going on in my personal life which kind of tainted that time of year for me. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to think that this could also be my last Christmas here, living here officially, because, I mean, who knows where I'll be in 12 months and whether or not I'll be back for the holidays. So um, it's weird. It's kind of it's always been so important to me, but now it's kind of just, yeah, I don't know. No, I, I I'm not a fan of of any time where uh, like Chris. I don't know what it is. I don't like Christmas. I don't like my birthday. And I I I, I don't enjoy it. I don't, I don't like my birthday I anymore. Know. I used to love my birthday, but now I hate my birthday. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you get older. But uh, anyway, sorry, <laughs> I, I I just find it's just I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just something about it I don't like. I think I yearn to be with my parents. I haven't been able to spend a Christmas with my parents since 2012. I can imagine so, it would be tough. I mean, I guess kind of yeah. I've had a very lucky for my entire life. Um, so it's kind of, it's. I guess that's where it becomes weird to me, kind of how things have been. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I definitely know of many people who, yeah, in your situation, who haven't seen certain people for a while. They've been overseas the last few ones and kind of they just didn't see it. And I, like, I used to always look at people, well, not look at people like that, but just kind of not judge them, but just like, wow, like that must be very hard because, you know, I always kind of do the same thing every year, which is great. And kind of, um, you know, even when I was with Louise, you kind of have your own little traditions that you do around. And I just would love the lead up to Christmas. You know, you get excited for presents. I love buying things for people. I love preparing my little best of CDs, like here with the brink and stuff like that, and just kind of putting stuff together and just making my cards. And then it was just like, you know, I mean, also on Christmas Eve, I sort of will go out, um, eat, look at the lights, come home, and I'll always lay in bed, watch the Santa Claus and uh, the Vicar of Dibley Christmas episode. That's kind of my little tradition I do before I go to sleep. But um, yeah, it's just it's just different. And like last year was just obviously very hard. Still, um, the year before kind of had its moments, and this year I just I don't know how to feel this year. I just I just 
don't know what to expect. You know what I mean? So, yeah, well, that's it. Uh, maybe you need to make your own, make some more traditions here. So, like, I know uh, for me, I'm going to be showing Naomi Christmas Vacation this year. She's never Overrated. seen it. Overrated. <laughs> Sorry, I no, I, I just do it's not. A childhood think. thing for me. Yeah, I that get it. I, we all like mine. You know, yeah, mine's the Santa Claus. I love Jingle All the Way and kind of other sort of. But I just, I just don't get the big deal around Christmas Vacation. I prefer the other Vacation movies, to be honest. Yeah, um, the the Santa Claus is awesome though. That's that's a that's a good one. Download the recap via the Oz Network. Um, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but I look, it's just. The thing I like about Christmas too is like, I'm not religious. Our family's not really religious. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's kind of Australians only excuse really to have a thing like this. We don't have a Thanksgiving, you know, we, we're kind of shamed into celebrating our country on a national day. So, and like Easter, like, oh, only, don't get me started on that. Easter Do kind of only matters on for religious people. Like, I don't actually give a shit about Easter, to be honest. So it's kind of, this is really the only time as for most Australians where we all come together and actually can do something like this like i experienced thanksgiving in america twice you know once in a proper capacity like a big dinner family feast and all that sort of stuff like it's amazing i wish we had a thanksgiving because you kind of got two christmases within the space of like a month um yeah, no, no, no. I, agree. I, agree. I agree with you on that i reckon what we should be doing as a nation is using the day harold holt disappeared as a day <laughs> Because that's just like the most be- Australian day. I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day. Who was I talking to about that? That we legitimately... He, he went swimming at the beach with a couple of girls and then he disappeared. We legitimately had a Prime Minister that we lost at sea and has never found again. <laughs> like, that is... Oh. A, can you just imagine if Trump went for a swim? And, like, everyone would love that and he went disappearing. But, like, it just would be... They'd be able to find him because they'd find the trail of his foundation. <laughs> He's like, no one but- has gotten lost as better as me. There's been no one else. No one. I got lost no, better than anyone like, else. No, 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 no. Come on. If you want Trump, it's like, now, as as president, I have decided that I am going to, you know, disappear. Like, no way, no how. I am going to do it. I am going to be better. Obama couldn't do it. He's a lame president. Crooked I Hillary couldn't do it. Do it. <laughs> Hillary is a skank. And you know what? We're going to build a wall, and it's going to be big. And I'm going to jump over the wall. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, no, that's such an Australian thing. We freaking lost a prime minister. Um, yeah. Well, we, we got that. We've got, we could always celebrate, like, the Ashes Day when we, like, just have it if we win the Ashes. And, yeah. I think we should celebrate it on the day, was it November something or other, uh, 2005, when we qualified for the World Cup for the first time in uh, 32. <laughs> that was a pretty bloody good day. Um yeah, I mean, look, but, no, the thing that's really pissing me off with this, right, though, is the local councils. Yeah, I agree. And Hobart's one of them yep. who have said, we're not going to be supporting the Australia Day celebration. And I'm like, well, piss off Yep. now is all I have to say. It's because Australia Day is Australia Day. Just because a bunch of Indigenous people have an issue with it because essentially they lost. And the fact of the matter is... They get so much stuff for free just for saying that they have slightly darker skin than us. And in Tasmania, they don't exist. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really irri- – it bugs the crap out of me it, that people get in a whole thing of like, April 26th is invasion day. No, it's not. 
January 26th, Josh. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. It's one o'clock. And I'm Look, fucking... until I'm told that our day is on a different day, I'm going to fucking celebrate my country on the day that we're designated to right now. And uh, this is, like, the hardest thing I always try to explain to people overseas. Like, in America, like, like America is just so passionate and proud, and they just love their country. And I love that about America. And I just, I, I want to be part of a country that can celebrate the country we live in. And again, until I'm told otherwise, I'm going to celebrate it on January the 26th. I'm going to fly, fly my flag. I'm going to have a beer and a barbecue with anybody, no matter what race, religion, color, sexuality, gender. I don't give a fuck who you are. Come and celebrate the fact that we live in, you know, the greatest country in the world. And until I'm told yeah, that I exactly can't right. do it on that day, I'm going to do it in the meantime. So that's, that's my yeah, viewpoint and- on it. And and I agree with you on that. And like, you know what? The day we become a republic, that's another day we could we could we could which, possibly use. Which, it. like, let's be honest, when Lizzie croaks it, uh, that's probably going to come back into conversation because we're look. One thing I and I, you know me. I now this is getting very personal in terms of our opinions here, but you know me. I I don't vote liberal. I'm I'm generally been a Labor supporter my entire life. I've been a Labor member, all that kind of stuff. I do appreciate Malcolm Turnbull, uh, but I obviously appreciate the fact that he was the head of the Republican movement during the the referendum in 99. So the, he's See, a staunch I, I, Republican. I, would su- I, I will support a republic. 100% me when, too. Yep. When it is not led by Malcolm Turnbull. I do, if he, he cannot roll out an NBN. He cannot lead a party. He cannot do Mate. things. He took, he, he took the same sex um, legislation and said, hey, well, we did this, we did, we were like, no, you didn't. It was Tony Abbott's you idea, did. but, like, look, I do not like Tony Abbott, but if Tony Abbott led the Republican campaign, I'd be back behind, I don't care who leads it, to be honest, okay, I just get, want to become to, a Republic. You have to, <laughs> the, guy, the guy has balls. Like, well, Tony Abbott has balls. Yeah, to, he? to be able to stand up in front of Australia and say, no, I disagree, but at the same time, he also got balls for being able to run around the country as Prime Minister in budgie smugglers. But the- that takes... The dude only has balls when he's not in power. He's got balls when he speaks his mind when he's not in, when his prime minister is weak. But anyway, that's another story. Um, I agree with you about the budget smugglers, though. Um, but like, I just want to become a republic. Uh, anyway, uh, we're getting sidetracked. I don't know. We've been talking literally for an hour now. Um, twenty eighteen, Josh. What does that mean for you? <laughs> that's a um, dumb question. I don't know what that means. No, no, twenty eighteen. Actually, I do have a few announcements. I'll be starting a, a political podcast, uh, and which will be interesting. <laughs> Jesus I know. Christ! <laughs> don't listen to that if you're offended easily, people. Like you just heard us talk for the last ten minutes about this sort of stuff. Fucking Aboriginals hate them. Welcome to Josh's <laughs> podcast. Uh, please, somebody do not isolate that clip that I just said. I was using that as an impersonation. <laughs> People are going to use that against me. I'm going to like get some great job. And like, well, Ben, we found this clip that you just said. Oh, no, you're racist. Sorry. I'm also going to be starting a pop culture podcast as well. So uh, stay tuned for, for those ones. Um, Where do I get an invite to talk on these? You, you'll get an invite. <laughs> Will I? You'll get an invite. <laughs> I'm also uh, in the process of organizing a short film as well. So uh-huh. and that'll, get, that'll get released in 2018. Is this part of the Kill Feel Expanded Universe? No, but if we want to do that, I've got a little gear now to do can that. We, can we just, like, can I just, like, before I leave, just come down and see you and just, like, over two days just to have, like, a, you know, a random little, you know, Kill Feel 3, like, reboot the franchise or something like that? And Hell yeah, we can. You know what would be cool, though? Like, oh, Karate Kid, right? Mm. There is talks that um, 
the guys who played the 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 like the antagonist and the protagonist in the first Karate Kid movie are going to be starting a, a sitcom where they are leading to rival dojos. I've never seen the Karate Kid, Josh. For shame, right? That is a for shame. <laughs> who was I talking the other day? Who was you? I've never seen Grease. Um, I've never seen The Sound of Music. Somebody was yelling at me this the other day. Movies that I should have seen. Yeah, no, no, um, Sound of Music's um, overrated. I mean, I saw Grease the Musical like in person, but I've never seen the movie. Um, that's enough. <laughs> I know the songs, that's about it, right? Um, what else have I? I? I know somebody, Noah, I shouldn't say no somebody, he's on this bloody episode where we recorded a segment, he's never seen The Lion King. Don't judge me, who hasn't seen The Lion King? That, that. Which can I just say, can I just say, fuck you, Disney, like, I get your live-action remakes of, like, The Beauty and the Beast and fucking Jungle Book. They've got humans in it. Okay, makes sense. How are you live-actioning The Lion King? Are you going to get some actual lions and train them? Like, you're still going to be CGI-ing it. It's bullshit. Fuck you. To to their defence. No, not to their defence. Don't you start on this. No, 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 no. To their defence, they are using James Earl Jones. One person. Like, fuck Beyonce being Nala. She's not Nala. The original Nala's Nala. Where's Jonathan Taylor Thomas as young Simba and Matthew Broderick? And I love John Oliver, but he's not Zazu. Robin Williams is Zazu. Fuck Disney. It's because it's... (laughs) I love Marvel, yeah, I love Star the, Wars, you, you, and I'm glad you bought Fox because it might mean the X-Men can finally come into Marvel and the Fantastic Four, but fuck you for making a live-action movie of a movie that's barely even old and out of the freaking cinemas. It's a Lion King. It's untouchable. Dude, that's almost 20... It's 23 no, years old, No, it happened it? two days ago. It's not that old. <laughs> 23 years ago. Shut up. <laughs> I remember seeing it at the movies and... Buying him a little... I had a little Nala toy, which I took with me because I had a crush on Nala. But I was seven and he was a lion. But I don't know how that worked, all right? Leave my Lion King love alone. That's an amazing... Like, I don't even like animated movies. They're dumb. But, like, don't ruin the Lion King. All right? If they remake Jurassic Park, I am, I am going to... Like, I am going to North Korea and I am joining whatever his name is... And I'm gonna nuke America. <laughs> okay, just 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 to recap, within the last ten minutes, <laughs> you have spouted hatred towards Indigenous. Hey, Australian. that was impersonating you. <laughs> I do not agree with you those have, opinions. You 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 have told Disney to get effed. Well, they should you have. <laughs> you. You have announced you have some weird bestiality fetish. Hey, I did admit recently that I was in love with a horse on the Ewok Ewok recap. That was a bloody good-looking horse, but anyway. (laughs) And now you're saying you're going to defect to essentially the world's enemy. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a matter of perspective, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, even the Nazis were respected by some corners of the world. Yeah, I'm going to recommend a movie. I think we need to step away from this for a minute. I'm Not the remake of The Lion King. <laughs> no, no, I'm the Disaster Artist. Oh, uh, I, I want to see it. Yeah, it looks amazing. I've never actually seen The Room though, but um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's I know all it's, about it. How it's, it's, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> Is a dirty dancing bad? You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Like um, it's it's so 
so bad. Like, I hate dirty dancing. Like, can again, a warning to all our females. Actually, not a warning to... Like, females, you're dumb. Don't like dirty dancing. It's stupid. All right? It's so stupid. It's such a stupid movie. Um, <laughs> it's dumb. This girl goes to a camp and dirty dances with Patrick Swayze while trying to save money for a girl to get an abortion while Patrick Swayze, who's like Grandpa Joe, picks up like this 16-year-old, what's the name... Jennifer Grey, who, you know, whatever. And then they, like, had the stupidest one-liner in the history of movies. Nobody puts baby in the corner. She's not in a corner! She's sitting against the wall! And nobody put her there! She can get up and do what she wants! It's dumb! Fuck you, Dirty Dancing! I think uh, I, I think you're in a, in a bad spot. Give me something else. I want to yell about something else. Dakota and I used to do this thing about Ben and Dakota get angry. This is Ben gets bitchy. It's the last episode of the year. I can say what I want. No one's listening. No one ever listens. Oh. Fuck you, listeners. We're not listening. Then they wouldn't be listeners. Exactly. I don't know what that means. But whatever. Stupid Disney. Oh, oh, let's my... remake The Lion King. Are they going to remake Finding Nemo next? Oh, the fish in the water weren't that realistic, so we're going to make them look a bit more realistic. Get freaking Taylor Swift to voice Dory, because she's in right now. Stupid Beyonce. That last song she does. Oh, ugh, all songs she does. She's a sellout. Don't like her. Get fucked, Taylor no, Swift. She's a, she, no, I agree. I agree she is a sellout. <laughs> Anything else? She's hot, but she's, she's got not a, hot. She's a sellout. Dumb. Yeah, well, I think wasn't it with you that I said like, yeah, Taylor Swift's the only girl that you need stepladder to snog. I've never heard that before, but okay. <laughs> She's like six foot six. So, how do you kiss um, Shaquille O'Neal then? You don't. Why not? I'd kiss Shaq. <laughs> I will say he's fun. I, I I really enjoyed when he when he hosts um, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel. I love Jimmy Kimmel. Well, that man's awesome. Can we just say that? He's good. He's yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Him and Jimmy Fallon. I, I like the two Jimmys. I, I like all the late night hosts. Like, you know, they've all got their place. You know, like, I, I'm a Colbert fan. I went and saw him live. He's good. I'm obviously a John Colbert Oliver fan. Awesome. Um, yeah, you know, James I, Corden's I, I, got his the, moments, you know. No, uh, was it? Yeah, uh, Colbert actually did a voice in Rick and Morty. I've really never good. watched Rick and Morty. Everyone, you would love it. Yeah, everyone says that, but you know. No, but it's 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 your dark humor. Even Alex loves it. I, I shouldn't say that Alex has seen it, but uh, he, he there's an episode where I don't know why I'm explaining this episode because most people who've seen it know it, and it's where Rick turns himself into a pickle, and someone like took that clip and turned it into like a song. He's like, I'm pickle Rick. Yeah, what what of it? And um, it's just like I'm Pickle Rick, and he just loves that. Sounds hilarious. Bit, well, you've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. And so, in that episode, Susan Sarandon does a guest appearance. I like Susan Sarandon. You know, yeah. you know the funny clip that I was thinking of. Just random Ben and Josh talk about random crap now. Um, so like in rewatching all the Star Wars movies, I, I wish I had the time to rewatch the the Family Guy ones because I always like watching them. Um, but just the whole the bit in the cantina. He doesn't like you. I don't like you either. You don't even know me. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It just is. No, it is funny. Like the the Family Guy Star Wars, 
so good. Like one of the things I liked was when Lower like in Jedi, where Mon Mothma comes out and who incidentally is played by Carrie Fisher in that particular scene. Mm. Um she's like the only other woman in the universe. I don't like her. <laughs> I like the other uh, was it um the New Hope one when they like you see the the Death Star firing off and destroying Alder and then they got those two guys standing and think, Oh, do you hear what they want to do? They don't want to put a rail here. Guess what? They think we'd lean too much. Oh, oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the, but the ending comment there was like, yeah, it won't matter when we're famous singers. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish they would do the prequels. I just feel they would just have so much fun on those. Who would be Jar Jar? Oh, God, Meg, surely. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, I, I was, we kind of just have this ongoing thing when we're doing stuff on the Oz Network available now by iTunes. Um, but like, we, we constantly will always find a way to drop in I don't like sand, it's coarse, it's rough, it's irritating, it gets everywhere. But then our most recent one has been just like retconning Anakin to everything. I hate you! I hate all of them! The women, the children! I killed them! It's all Obi-Wan's fault! <laughs> just, I don't know, it's, it's funny when you're in the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. It was like one of my favourite memes at the moment is like, it was like the picture of Obi-Wan talking to Luke saying, your father wanted you to have this when you're old enough. And... It's like a clip of Anakin burning. Is like, I hate you! <laughs> Give my lightsaber to my son when he's old enough! <laughs> you are the chosen one! Um, and god damn it, Natalie Portman in Attack of the Clones. Holy crap, I hit puberty every time oh, I watch that movie. <laughs> twice. Um, oh my uh, lord. Twice? Jesus Christ. I'm recovering quicker than that. Uh, um... <laughs> I need a box of tissues. Do you know what I am excited for? Like, going back to Star Wars, just so we can close off the, the show, is the the fact that they've announced that it's official now that they will they will be doing an Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Absolutely agree. Um, and, yeah. like, Ewan McGregor did a fantastic job. He's just been chilling, you know, doing a bit of Fargo, a second transporting movie, just like, oh, come on, come on, Disney. Here we go. Come on, do it. The thing that kind of gets me excited is that, like, with this sequel trilogy, I swear, like, Disney are just completely doing everything out of their way to not do any references to the prequel. So that's why I think we will never get a ghost Hayden Christensen or something like that. But, um, like, at least with Obi-Wan, if it's set between episode three and four, they, they can't not, you know, reference the prequel. Like, Rogue One did a great job with that, of kind of being a middle ground, didn't it? With, like, you know, Organa yeah. and, and sort of the Mustafa scene and, you know, things like that. So, um... Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm just becoming such a prequel defender. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I reckon we're going to see some prequel stuff in the, in the Han Solo flick. I reckon we will see is that, some. Is that set between three stuff. and four as well? It's yeah, yes, it is because it's 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 his origin story. It's a Han Solo origin story. Which I, look, I don't, I don't think I've seen. I've seen like two photos of the guy who plays him, and I didn't really think he looked too much like him, but. Um... I reckon they're going to end up doing what they did with Tarkin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll, just, just like... we'll, we'll just we'll we'll CG his face, and then we'll get Harrison Ford to just voice it. Well, Disney <laughs> do, Disney do a cool. Oh, I get Harrison Ford as if he's going to do it again. He got killed off deliberately because he didn't want to do like the last three he was in. Um, I, I I like Disney actually do it kind of because obviously I caught up in all the Marvel movies, but like those. Was it um, Civil War where you kind of had that hologram of like a really young looking Robert Downer Jr. And then they yeah, had it with the Guardians 2 with like Kurt Russell where like he just looks so like they just, it looks so realistic. So like they, they do a really yeah. good job with things like that. 
Well, they do, they do, and but you never know what's going to happen. And I'll be happy either way. Like they, they were able to get away with a younger actor for 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 um, Obi Wan and a different yeah. actor. Like, but they can, they can do it, and it and it'll will work. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I, yeah. I think like I, I'm not I'm not going to comment and sort of go off on anything until I see the movie. I mean, if it's terrible in the movie, then fine. Because I, Han Solo, Harrison Ford, they've got this level about in that Han Solo. So, you know, like, you kind of, you know what you're going to get for it. But, I mean, like, I, it's, the example kind of I like to use now is, like, I don't know if you've ever really watched The Big Bang Theory, but um, they've... I need to watch it. I, like, there are bits that I've watched and thought, that is funny as. Well, one, like, I mean, you, once you watch it, and I'm sure you've seen clips where you know who Sheldon is, but, like, this new show yeah, yeah. that they've just done, Young Sheldon, which is kind of the prequel, and it's kind of, it's done in a style of, like, a you know, like a Malcolm in the Middle sort of, you know, modern family where it's got no laugh track. It's kind of one of those comedy shows. But, like, I think yeah. it's really good. Like, the kid that they've got playing, like, you know, like a 10-year-old Sheldon, he's just, he's brilliant. He, like, he, you believe he's Sheldon because Sheldon's such yeah. a unique character that you need someone to really be Sheldon. So this is what I hope that they, they get with this guy playing Han Solo. So, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's it. But anyway, I thought, yeah, no, I think we we, we agree. So uh, we've things. talked about the whole history yeah. of the world, I believe. Uh, <laughs> we've done well. This we've done well. It's, uh, two, and, two and a half hours, we've done well. Mm. Uh, anything you want to say before we close out for 2017, Joshua? This is our, um, what, 13th, 14th year on in a row when it comes to recording, uh, back to since 2004, since we first appeared on air together. So I think we've done at least... Through everything, uh, at least one appearance, I want to say, even kind of when you were doing your Mormon stuff, like you would still send in clips. So, yeah, I, I want to think yeah, that we've done I, at least I, something I, I, every year. I, I think one thing that I would like to just to say, so everyone can hear me say it, I am flipping stoked to see the new Lano and Woodley show. Oh, um, I hate you because I can't see it. You know why? Because, like, not well, in, when it's in Hobart, I'm going to be on the Gold Coast, so I couldn't book a ticket. And then there's, like, I think they're showing it. They're not going to the Gold Coast. They're going to, like, Brisbane. And I can't book tickets because I think I'm, like, working. So, like, it's, you know, it's I'm, I'm fucking so pissed off that it's all, like, within time frames I can't do. It's like when Carlton are actually coming down here to Hobart to play an official roster game in Hobart. I'm going to be in the freaking Gold Coast working. I can't even watch my own team finally play in Hobart for premiership points. Seen your team play for premiership points in Hobart, but I've never seen Carlton. Ugh. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'm I'm super excited that Lane and Woolley are back together, and I'm jealous, Josh, and I wish I could see it. Are they actually coming to your area, or are you going to like Sydney or? It'd be, it'd be Canberra. Um, I'd have to go see him, but Canberra's only a couple hour drive, so it doesn't bother me that much. It's like going to to Lonnie. But yeah, but I mean, oh, exciting. Camp, like no one ever kind of willingly goes out of their way to go to Launceston unless there's like a game of football on or something. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like going to Launceston, but it, but exciting. I I, I, I like, like I like Canberra, so <laughs> I don't like Launceston. That place is a fucking dump. Um, <laughs> we were literally there the other week when we were recording like stuff for the Brink Unleashed Eight, now available on YouTube. Uh that we just oh, don't even get me started on what we were doing. Uh, all right. Well, that's about it then. So I think we can kind of uh, close this up. We've taken forever, but awesome. Um, yeah. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll speak to you uh, next year. All good, bruv. I'll speak to you. Have a good Christmas. As we've done the last few weeks, we're going to play a few little snippets here from some of the best bits we've recorded of the Oz Network during the week. Now, a couple of these actually are going to come from episodes that you're not going to hear till next year, as we kind of uh, advance our coverage of Lost. 
uh, and have a lot of these episodes that won't air a lot into deep 2018. Uh, and also a couple that will air from uh, some of our Santa Claus episodes, which are going to air at the end of this week in the lead up to Christmas, of course. So four little clips here. There's uh, one involving Noah, who kind of has been a bit mean to me and calling me some names. There's a clip here of me learning some stuff to do with history. Uh, there's also a clip of us blaming an actor called Kenny Vadas uh, from the Santa Claus movie for basically everything that happened in the world. And we also have Colin getting angry and becoming the Canadian Hulk. So let's hear these four little snippets that you're going to hear from right now. Man. Uh... Manslaughter. That, that's like pretty mm. gruesome. Manslaughter. That's a funny word. Manslaughter. Like, what about accidental killing? <laughs> no, manslaughter. Like, that's, um, why hasn't that been PC change? Like, women can die too. This should be person slaughter. Human slaughter. <laughs> um, apparently, Kelsey Grammer's sister was raped and murdered. That's very sad. What? <laughs> I like. Don't laugh. That's so random. <laughs> I'm not laughing. That's horrible. I like Kelsey Grammer too, but that's just like we're talking like, about. <laughs> you're just talking about manslaughter. You're like, like you laugh. oh, apparently it's Kelsey Grammer's sister was raped. And you're like, okay. <laughs> well, that's the second news story that shows up on Google for when you type in murder. Um, oh, this is only recent. Yeah, one day ago. Oh, holy shit. I thought this was like old news. Ah, <laughs> poor Fraser. Hi, Kelsey Grammer. Um, yeah, and Valentine's Day murder, Wade Martinez, Jake Tortle, jailed for murder of George Garmo. Not George Garmo. <laughs> uh, Underrated. Underrated murder victim. Here's a question. Garmo. Here's a philosopher philosophical question for you. Um, oh, like. No. In the future, just calm down, wait. When what? we can clo- when we can clone each other, if you kill oh. your clone, is that murder or suicide? Well it's not suicide. Well you're killing yourself. Well no, you're not killing yourself, you're killing a clone of yourself. But it's still yourself, so you're killing yourself. No, no it's not yourself. It's it's a whole other entity. It's but you're still killing entity. yourself. Yeah, but can you control that other clone? No, it's got its own brain. It's doing its own thing. It, it, you're fat and ugly, and it's. Skin- I don't mean you. I mean this. Wow! Wow! You're throwing that into a conversation. <laughs> so uh, Jack Sawyer and Locker here. You're fat and ugly. Uh, ben comes up to the wharf. <laughs> I don't mean you, I mean hypothetical you listening to this show. Who's also fat and ugly, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Um, yeah, you're fat and ugly, and your clone is thin and works oh. out. Like, it can. It can... <laughs> That's why you killed it. <laughs> Jealousy. <laughs> you're fat and ugly, your clone's thin and attractive. I don't mean you. I mean everybody. Dig yourself deeper. Do a bend. Uh, so, yeah, it's murder. No. Um, I think there's more to it than that. It's not going to be suicide. There's more to it than that. Yeah, there might be, but it's definitely not suicide. Again, you're technically killing yourself. So. No, you're not. You're killing a clone of yourself. It's a whole other entity. But what if the clone, like, kills the clone? This is like two clones. Well, how many clones are there now? This is just complicating the matter. I don't know. They might want to make like an army or something like that for General Grievous. Five clones? Because I feel like... 
Well, I feel like in the future, when cloning is a thing, we need a cloning law. I feel like <laughs> five is, is a kind of a neutral number. Would you like to clone yourself? I think it'd be fun. No. Like, why not? Because I don't want me going out there and being better than me. Me but, being fat and ugly and but, my clone not better than going you. out. Why? You make them not as good as you. Yeah, but then they have their... I feel like you don't really know what a clone is. I'm not... This isn't freaking historical figures. I know what a clone is. Like, it's not Alexander the Great or something like that. You can't control the clone. Once it's been cloned, it's I its own thing. I you can't, but, like, I could right now be watching The Force Awakens while my clone does this episode. <laughs> so... Yeah, and it, it... But it's not you after that. It can be different to but you. It can go off and do it. it's going to be me, because it's a clone. You program it, it to be you. you. But then it will go separate ways. And no! It might be skinny and get lots of chicks and yeah, be, be better than... So it would be me. It wouldn't be you. It would oh, be wow, so Ben I'm not too. Get lots of chicks out. That hurts my feelings, Noah. Hypothetical. I forgot I'm fat and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it that says, "Oh, you're off playing Daniel Boone"? Who says is that? That's sort of <laughs> like we get a couple of Boone references. Like this isn't the Boone. That's not his first Daniel Boone. No, <laughs> I feel like sorry, it's getting a bit stale now. Who is Daniel Boone? Like, am I dumb not to know that? It- like an explorer type dude with that big, like the Jebediah Springfield hat. Oh, so like Napoleon or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know my explorers. I thought Daniel Boone was like a British soap opera. Is Napoleon an explorer? I thought he was like a general. Well, I don't fucking know. He's French. He probably ran away and <laughs> surrendered. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I love. Oh, so he's an explorer. I like Napoleon. <laughs> Daniel Boone. I mean, he might be. I don't really know my history with Napoleon. Daniel Boone was an American pioneer explorer, woodsman, and frontiersman. Uh, okay. All right. Um, and who's Napoleon? Napoleon uh, was a French statesman and military leader who rose to prominence during the French Revolution. <laughs> All right. If someone's listening, I want that. Someone get that sound. Oh, he's an explorer. Oh, sorry. It's like Napoleon. Can, can I just, can I just like, say this sentence? Because there's something wrong about this sentence led the French Revolution to successful campaigns during the French Revolution. Was that because you were fighting your own French people? Like, France doesn't conquer anyone. You do the opposite. And he was only, like, 20 when he died. Oh, no. Hang on. What? Maybe he wasn't. <laughs> ben does history. <laughs> He's an explorer and he was 20 when he was died. Oh, wait. Oh, hang on. No, it doesn't make sense. Because the one thing here, it says he was born in 1808 and died in 1821, which makes him 13. But then, unlike another thing here, it says he was born in 1769 and died in ben, 1821. Ben, you, you're missing an obvious point here. One of them is Earth years, <laughs> and one of these is the scholars on Pluto, obviously. French years. Um, who's another explorer? Who's that guy that um, Colin Farrell played? Alexander the Great, that guy. <laughs> Bit of a difference. That's the one I'm thinking of, not Napoleon. I went to his home. You don't think he's home? <laughs> <laughs> What? He's dead. (laughs) Oh, God, I wish I did say that. That's my go-to when someone mentions someone's name. I'm just going to confuse everyone now. Whenever someone brings up, oh, that's like that actor, uh, Samuel Jackson. Don't think he's home. People are just like, what? No, but like... like... I said I went to his home. Oh, you went to Alexander's home. Was he home? (laughs) No, I don't think he's home. 
<laughs> That's just going to be my catchphrase. Like, we're just sitting around, we're getting beers and like, oh, do you remember uh, Jim? <laughs> oh, I don't think he's home. Everyone just looks at you like, what? That's my. That's going to be my new thing. But like, okay, so he's like Alexander the Great. Like, I mean, I want a nickname after that. Like, you know, what was that? Um, uh, you have one. It's just we don't tell you what it is. Conan the Barbarian and like, you know, not with a snug. Uh, the difference is, Ben, Alexander the Great was real. Uh, Conan the... <laughs> oh, yeah, the history books. I've been reading my history. Uh, Napoleon, Alexander the Great, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> I've really been reading up on my history. He's a fictional character played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, <laughs> I didn't do... Ben does history. I did geography, not history. I don't know shit about stuff that happened. You do have uh, Ben the... We just uh, don't tell you what yours is. <laughs> ben the knob. <laughs> but, like, you know... <laughs> where do we... The ask. But Daniel Boone is Alexander the Great. Like, they're kind of the same person. <laughs> what are you saying? I don't know! <laughs> Daniel Boone is Alexander the Great? I don't know who these people are! Or... You could, you could like, right now say to me, oh, when I went to Bulgaria, I learned this story about Jenny the Pioneer. She was amazing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Jenny the Pioneer. Yeah, I know about her. <laughs> oh, God, I want to do history classes with Ben. Daniel, oh, yeah, Daniel Boone is Alexander the Great, and Conan Butler Bar- explored all of Eastern Europe. So Kenny Vadis and his crew of North Pole hipsters have to try to abbreviate the North Pole to NOPO. <laughs> Seriously, Kenny Vadis? Like, let's just blame him for everything wrong oh. with this movie and the next year. Let's blame him for everything wrong in the world. Just like... In the world, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know who we have to thank for Hitler? It's Kenny Vadis, okay? You, so I now you know who to blame. Kenny Vadis. Like, just he Kenny started Vattis. it. Yeah. Yep. You know, Donald dirty, Trump, Kenny Vadis. Dirty dancing, Kenny Vadis. Yeah. <laughs> with all him. Star Wars The Last Jedi, Kenny Vadis' fault, okay? <laughs> I was about to say that. Like, Leia floating in space, Kenny Vadis, dumb. <laughs> and can we just say little kids using the force to grab their broom and sweep the floor is the final shot? <laughs> Kenny Vadis' fault, okay? Stupid horse Harry Potter looking things. Kenny Vadis! <laughs> we hope everybody's seen the movie at this point. <laughs> yeah, did, did, did we not say at the beginning of this episode that we hadn't seen Star Wars yet? Um, it's been a long episode, people. <laughs> We took a break, went and saw it, and came back and recorded the rest. So that's how it goes. As we end this episode, and we've gone from Ben at the beginning saying, I've never seen the sequels, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you know, when we get to part three, I got some real complaints. I've literally typed in, greatest romantic movies of all time, it's come up with pictures. We've got, when Harry met Sally, I've never seen it, I don't, whatever, pretty woman, slippers in Seattle, Titanic, number four. Fuck you and your stupid Santa Claus shit. That doesn't mean it's not a terrible movie, Ben. Okay, Colin. I was five and a half hours of my life in that movie, and you won't stop talking about it. Just let's move back. We're gonna be. Or not Titanic. We're gonna be fuzz. I got Titanic on the brain. It's too late at night to be doing this. Okay. Jesus, I've never heard Colin go off like this before. Elizabeth Mitchell. Elizabeth Mitchell. Back. Back. Wow. I'm scared all of a sudden. (laughs) It's like the Canadian Hulk. Um, what are I, you doing, E? Funny times, and you'll probably hear them 
next week on The Brink 2 in our Best Of episode, but stay tuned for that. Let me press a button and get excited for... that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on The Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Lyrics, see? I did it this time. I didn't tease the episode. We'll save the segment before I play the segment, if that makes sense. Uh, three again for you this week. We're going to go back to 2013, first of all, and play a duet that I did with uh, Stewie. Stewie Lipscomb, of course, who did a few of these. Uh, this is the Queen Classic crazy little thing called love. Let's listen to this one. Uh, lawn bowls is sledging time. Why can't you hit the jack? It's crazy little thing called bowls. I must get around to it because I just need to sledge something. I just call this love uh, this little thing called bowls. It cries when I sledge it, it swings and it jives, it shakes all over the green like a big watermelon, crazy little thing called bowls. I went to the green, I said you don't know how to roll that ball down the green. You look like the Hulk and Bulk, you are so insane. <laughs> You've got to be fun. Throw the ball at the jack and then slap him on the back because you suck at lawn bowls. Have a biscuit and eat it because you're so big. That's why you play. Lawn bowls are not AFL. <laughs> Do it till we go through the, the instrumental. It's only a short song. You might as well go to the end. But, May as well? Do you, want, do you want to do another verse? Or do you want me to take this verse? Yeah, I'll do this verse. You'll do this verse. Alright, go stewing. Go stewing! 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 <laughs> I gotta drink beer all day at the lawn bowls. Cause that's why we're here for the cheap beer. And cause he can't drink and he can't bowl. And he can't play. Cause he can't bowl and he can't throw. Crazy little thing called bowls. Uh, he just loves the old people who can't bend properly at the knees. You crazy little thing called bowls. Oh, you're so old. I'm ready. Crazy little thing called bowls. Crazy little thing called bowls. Funny. Uh, one from this year, actually, 2017, uh, on the high noon days. Dakota getting a little bit of his uh, solo on as he sings a bit of a cult of personality. There is a sport called Formula One. The driver is Fernando. Fernando Alonso is a Formula One driver. But for one race, he's going to the IndyCar. The Indy 500, to be specific. Like... 
some other racing drivers, and like Jim Clark, he's going to the Indy 500. Indy 500. At the moment, he races for McLaren. They're not going too well, cause their engine is beep. And so now, he says to them, I want to try my hand at IndyCar. Oh, yeah! Oh. 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 I'm kind of keen to see how he goes. But at the same time, I hope he crashes, yeah. Because it would be really funny. Jensen Bun's replacing him, Matt McLaren. And I'm really excited about that. Cause, yeah, Jensen Button used to be my favorite F1 driver. Um, yeah. That's, that's the end, yeah, I'm finished. Ow! Oh, for yes. God's sake. Jamin! Trumpet! Jamin, trumpet! Ah. Put that trumpet down! I don't know why I mentioned it, personality, but uh, sure, I'll go ahead with that. Um, and finally, uh, myself, why not, solo from 2013, doing to the Ricky Martin classic, The Cup of Life. I want an iPhone, I want an iPhone, I want an iPhone. I, I incorporated it already. Ricky Martin go, go, go. is using an iPhone. Ricky go. Martin go. likes go. the go. iPhone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tali's, Tali's doing the the dance. <laughs> In 1998, Ricky Martin released a song about the cup of life. It was for the World Cup of Soccer. It did really well. He didn't have a wife because it turned out that he was gay. Yes, it was. Which was really great when he came out of the closet. All the female fans were really upset with him. It doesn't matter because they didn't throw out his CDs in the bin. No, they didn't throw them. Ricky Martin is on The Voice on 9. He dags a lot of hugs with the people. He uses an iPhone. He likes that app called Shazam. He Shazams his own songs because he doesn't know what he sings. I wish we had a camera right now because, like, Tali's dance with a face is completing it. Ricky Martin wants to sing to Tali about her name to his song Maria because he is in love with Tali. He turned for her, he's no longer gay. So when Ricky and Tali get married at the church, everybody films it on their new iPhone. It really looks so good on that little camera thing. 
Tali is now happy forever and a day. Forever and a day. Forever and a day. Ricky Martin and Tali got married. They're having kids now. The first one's called Charles. The second one's called Frank. The third one's called Renault. I don't know what Renault is. It's a stupid name I made up. Does <laughs> Tali want to get married? I look forward to bringing you new ones next year because uh, we did a lot of them this year, and I'm glad we did. And uh, always the greatest segment in the history of the bring. <laughs> time to close it out for another week and basically close it out for the year because this time next week we'll be coming to you for our best of 2017 episode where we essentially play you all the best bits from the year from uh, not just the brink but of course a bunch of our other shows as well to kind of really spread it through so uh we look forward to uh that next week and uh really closing out this year in style we'll we'll have that of course um on the uh the the christmas day the christmas day that's kind of when we're planning on uh doing it uh too when it comes to that and, uh, of course, we really do hope that you can uh, join us for that as well and relive the best moments of uh, what you really did enjoy uh, from 2017. In the meantime, uh, we obviously uh, wish you all a very merry and safe Christmas wherever you are listening around the world and hope that uh, you have a fantastic day of it. And, uh, of course, uh, we will then lead into 2018 where we're scheduled to come back bigger and better than ever and hopefully bring you the same old nonsense that you enjoy every single week along the way. Uh, remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, as well as uh, Spotify, Stitcher. I don't think we're on Spotify. This is uh, getting the Oz Network in my head again. But um, wherever good podcasts are sold, you can download it uh, for free because we don't actually sell them because we don't make any money off this. Anyway, uh, we hope you enjoy the day. We hope you enjoy everything else. We'll be back next week for the best of. My name is Ben. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. Good night.